The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. New segment, Rattle the Saber. Big Sills. Yes, sir, baby. 37 days to Camelot. Start a training camp. I say that now all being out of shape and years removed from it. 37 37 days years ago, I used to drink those things, man. Three a days. No, thank you. But 37 days to training camp. And I think we're like three weeks out from teams reporting for the Hall of Fame game. Man, unbelievable, unbelievable, absolutely incredible. Hey, by the way, I saw Brandy Graham on with the Sports Take guys. He is one of the nicest people I have ever heard talk on the air. And I'll say this, he reminds me of this guy. Leroy Salmon, nicest guy you've ever seen in your life. But at the end of the day, Leroy Salmon is the greatest. He's the greatest 34 defensive end, according to Mean Joe Green and Bill Belichick, the game has ever seen. Leroy Salmon's the greatest 34 end of all time. That's when they were putting that top 100 together. Mean Joe Green and Belichick said that guy right there. Leroy Summit was the sweetest guy on the planet. Dear friend of mine, one of my closest friends, what a great man. And listening to Brandon, you know what I see? Brandon Graham looks like a really great guy, man. Very kind, considerate, loves where he plays, loves his teammates. Really had a great career. I suggest you go back and listen to that interview because it's a privilege to listen to him talk. It is. And I I love how he talks about the younger guys, how he talks about the culture in the building, how he's proud to be part of the building of that culture. You know what, too? See, Big Sills is not one of the guys that is for the faint of heart. He, He was a little kind on Chip. See, if that was my coach and Chip was a toolbox like that to me, I don't know if I'd be that kind. You know, things didn't kind of start out well for me. I'm going, go ahead, go knee deep, man. Come off the top rope. Drop that bitch on chip. It's okay. Everyone knows he sucked as an NFL head coach. Go ahead. He couldn't do it, man. I guess that's the difference between being a great dude and a guy like Big Sills. Okay? I do, man. I, I, I enjoyed listening to that interview. I did. I thought it was really cool listening to him. And he, he seems like an absolutely wonderful guy. All right. I'm going to make this proclamation here on June 20th. Okay? About your boy Jordan Davis. He better start this year, and he better have started numerous games, and he better be considered a starter by the end of the year. Or I will tell you this. That is not headed in the right direction. I don't want to hear that the 13th pick 
is in the Derek Barnett category. Well, he's not an every down guy. When you're in the 13th hole, you are expected to be Fletcher Cox guy. See, I personally think, you know who I think the, the starting tackles are going to be? I think the starting tackles are going to be Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox and not Jordan Davis. There's, there's a reason you went back into the draft two years in a row and grabbed the DT. Because you're not happy with what you saw last year. You think he's a good player, but you don't think he's a game. Jordan Davis is not a game-changing player. He hasn't shown it yet. Fletcher Cox, if you go back and you look at Fletcher Cox's first season with the Eagles, he didn't really even start. Go back and look at those numbers. You saw he was a you saw he was a force and going to be a force. You saw it. Jordan Davis is not a game-changing guy. He's a fire hydrant. Jalen, Jalen Carter is a firecracker. Like a Roman candle. Those are the guys that are impact players. Jordan Davis, as of right now, June 20th, is a fire hydrant. Fire hydrants do what? They sit there and do nothing spectacular. They just sit there. When needed, they give you some water. Other than that, nothing spectacular about a fire hydrant. (laughs) He's not spectacular. He's not a wild player as of yet. Then again, what was crazy about the whole scenario when you, when you watched him at Georgia, he was he was a spotty guy. Of all the football players, all the football players, all of them that the Eagles have this year that they got to count on. Jordan Davis, in my opinion, even more so than Nicobe Dean, has more question marks on him than any player since Carson Wentz. Do you know Jordan Davis has a chance to go down as the next version of Carson Wentz? But this one's on the defensive side. Hoss, there's a reason they drafted another tackle. They didn't believe in you. Or wait a minute, I'll back that up. They kind of did. Once again, too, I go back and I, and I, and I bring my boy Xander into this. Can you imagine somebody doing the Big Seal show? Hiring somebody to do the Big Seal show right after my show or before my show. I mean, I'd be like, you called, you, you hired Big Wheezy? <laughs> why, why, why is Big Wheezy on Jacob? You, you got Big Seals. Yeah, but I thought we'd get Big Wheezy. I'd be like, damn, they don't really think much of me then. Somebody getting drafted in the same position that you play, that's a problem. What would Jalen Jalen Hurts think if the Eagles had drafted somebody in the first round and he was a quarterback? What do you think they would have thought? That was good or bad? Damn, they don't believe in me. Greasy baby, Jerry Lewis. It's a joke he went 13, you mean. Is that what you're saying? I agree. Thank you, Greasy. 
What sales wrong about? Oh, what what am I wrong about? You're soup. I'm not wrong about shit. You're superstar. Well, the Eagle fans have dubbed him an all pro before he even starts. Like I said, I had a better rookie year, and my rookie year sucked. I had actually 20 tackles in 12 games. What'd this guy end up with? Well, he was hurt. Yeah, he never got his job back. They had to go to the ice cream stand and get Linville Joseph and Adamic Sue. How he had to dial up the ice cream. Hey, Ben and Jerry's? Yeah, hi. I need two DTs. I hear there's two out front. Oh, I know they haven't practiced all year. Hey, you guys in shape? Or are you guys eating too much Rocky Road? No, we're good. Okay. <laughs> Didn't have... No, no, the guy that you drafted eats too much Rocky Road. Hey, hey. All I say to you is, Jordan Davis, lay off the Rocky Road and the White Castles and we're good. And we'll see what happens. That guy's never going to be a force on your defense. And some are going to go, well, his stats will be hidden. <laughs> really? That's You know what that's code for? Well, we're going to hide the fact that he wasn't drafted in the right spot and he was overdrafted because you're compromising. You sound like people compromising for Hunter Biden. Hey, he's the president's kid. What the hell? Who cares if he cheated on his taxes? He got a gun. Nobody cares. Hey, you know, he's the kid. It's all good. (laughs) And you're like, okay. Hope you apply that for me. Come on now. Here's what I see, Jordan Davis. He'll be a nice rotational piece, and I'll pull a Xander on you. Yeah, he'll be your number three DT. So you'll have two backups that you drafted in the first round as depth. That's not bad. <laughs> hey, that's not bad. That, that, that's not bad. <laughs> I guess. Drafted two guys 13th. And they're your depth guys. Yeah, okay. Let's see how to. Hey, by the way, my boy Philly 500 will join us at 430. Man, I'm in a great mood today. Okay? I'm in a great mood today. I am. Because you know what we do here on the Big Seals Show, National Football Show, Truth, Justice, and the Big Seals Way. I guess Jurgens is garbage if Steen starts, right? Um, no, because he's a center. You're asking a guy to play out of position. He's not a guard. I guess Steen stock sucks because he's going to try to play right guard. No, that's not his natural position. You think that's going to be an easy transition because you got a guy on a chalkboard saying that Jurgens is just going to step in there as the guard. I actually think Steen starts. I I actually want Steen to start. 6'7", 6'6". The other guy's not that big. He's probably as big as Jason Kelsey. I'll I'll take Steen. Needs the man up a little bit, but that's okay at the right guard position. He's a run blocker on that side. I think Steen starts. I do. Jurgens is the apparent... And the heir apparent of the center position, not the right guard position. Oh, but you think he's so talented he could play both guys, both positions. Really? Well, I don't. 
I think Steen's got the upper hand. And the way the guys are talking, it sure sounds it as well. So, JM, to answer your question, no. He's not battling for the center job. He, he's out of position. Okay? So, because Cox is a starter, that means Davis. You draft a guy in the first round, and he's not starting in his second year. You think, let's put that out there. So, if you draft a guy at the 13th pick in the draft, and he's not starting in his second year going in to the NFL season, you think that's good or bad? You draft a guy in the top 15, do you think that's good or bad? How in the world do you think that that's a good sign? Fletcher Cox, the Eagles want him to be beat out. He's 33 years old. He makes 10 million bucks. There's a reason you drafted two DTs. You want those two guys to be your future. Fletcher's still the best DT you have until we see Carter play. And I think Carter eventually will be an upgrade from Javon Hardgrave. I do think that. I think he's got more potential to be a superstar player. Can I tell you who I think Jalen Carter's going to remind you of? The kid in Tennessee, that Jeffrey Simmons kid. I think he's got a chance to be something like that. An impact football player, a guy who rushed the passer out of the three technique. You could slide him to the nose, put him in a one, put him in a tilt. He's more versatile than the other guy. The other guy's a one-dimensional fire hydrant. I'm not impressed with him. Jordan Davis doesn't impress me. When I watched Fletcher Cox's rookie year, he impressed you. You can see when a guy is a player. Like, when you saw Landon Dickerson play, were you like this? Damn, that kid's good. That guy's a good ball player. Shit, you know what's crazy? Jalen Hurts is starting in his second year, and you guys gave him $55 million, and you call him elite. And you're trying to tell me if Jordan Davis doesn't start in his second year, he's still a star player? You're out of your mind. Which, which is it? What's your definition of a stupid-ass definition of elite? I think you running with a narrative here, bro. We retooled our interior D-line. You retooled it? How? You have no depth and you're younger. I bet anything that you want, Davis is a starter. Thank you, Marshall. Marshall, so you retooled your D-line. So you're going to take a step backwards this year because you're not experienced. And your middle linebacker has no experience. You actually think that that triangle this year is better than the one you had a year ago with Hardgrave and Fletcher Cox and backups of Sue and Linville and TJ Edwards. Absolutely no, not even remotely close to that. Not even remotely close. Who's calling Davis elite? You're calling Jalen Hurts elite after one year starting? Two years. Two years. Don't you think Jordan Davis should have that same distinction? If he's not starting this year, he's not starting. You don't think that that's a bad sign? Wow. 
Hey, man, loyal to the soil. Congratulations. You guys are all good, man. Holy shit. You see, you see the world differently than I do. Because when you're in the NFL and you play in Philadelphia and you're one of the teams to beat, the expectations are a little higher than, say, the Jets. Okay? There's no expectations in New York. They just want to get on the front page. There's very little expectations in certain places like Arizona. You get drafted in the first round to the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you think? Seriously, what do you think this is here? The Cardinals? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jordan Davis is not impressive. Let's change the narrative. Here, let's change the narrative. Kenny? Well, probably, maybe. I don't know. Jalen Hurts changed it because he wasn't impressive his first year starting. He was okay. No death, baby, at DL. No depth at defensive tackle. Absolutely no depth. I don't care what you say, Arthur. You have no experience with your two new tackles and Milton Williams. Those are your depth. And the kid from New Orleans. They got the kid from New Orleans. I don't give a shit what they say. Who? Chris Collinsworth? So look at Arthur. Arthur takes Chris Collins' worth, his word that the Eagles have depth. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hey, congratulations, man. That's quite an analyst that you guys follow. Chris Collins' worth in his PFF. So he has a website, and Arthur quotes it like it's gospel. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, they don't really think much of Jalen. At PFF slash Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> Jordan Davis, as of June 20th, is a non-impressive football player. Man, he's big as a house, though, ain't he? Man. <laughs> hey, don't cry. You don't have to start crying yet. Jesus, man. We're only 17 minutes into the show. You don't have to start crying. Bob go, Bob quotes the time. That, that That's an un, untrue cop. That, that, see, April 29th. I did like the pick. He's underperformed. Okay, Bob. Okay, I like the pick. Unfortunately, he's not playing well. Okay, and? So you want me to stick with that stupid, shitty thing that said we like the pick. And on June 20th, we don't know if Jordan Davis is a good player or not. How dumb is that kind of stuff? Man, you listen to Howard Eskin and them guys way too much. Guys that have to hang on. Even Mike Missinelli, I got to admit, he flip-flopped on Wentz. Man, you guys listen to those old-school idiots where you have to hang on to this thing like it's air. Guy performs or he doesn't. Case closed, guy. As of right now, your guy's got a big season ahead of him. Can he change it? Right on. Let's go. Hey, by the way, rooting for him. Seems like a good kid, man. I hope he does it. I, I Honestly, I'm, I'm not rooting against him. Mello, we have five solid DTs. How many more do you need? How do you know that? Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, who barely played a year ago, Jalen Carter hasn't played a down. You got a guy from New Orleans that the Saints gave. 
and you've got Fletcher and Milton Williams. What are you talking about? You've got dudes that you don't know yet. How in the world? Now, look, I've said this before. I think Jalen Carter was the best player. No. He was one of the five sandbox guys. Paris Johnson, B. John Robinson, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, and if you want, Bryce Young or the kid, that Tyree Wilson kid from Texas Tech. If you want to go there, you can go there too. The rest of those guys were they're kind of like project guys. Okay? Milton Williams is 100% legit. <laughs> we're going to find out. Oh, yeah. Didn't see him in the Super Bowl, though. Especially when Kansas City started moving the ball on you in the second half. By the way, I'll tell you what. I heard Brandon for the first time talk about the turf at the Super Bowl. That doesn't seem like a guy that makes excuses up. And I'm going to I'm gonna take him as his word there that they weren't prepared equipment-wise to play in that game with their footing. Because when a guy like that brings something like that up, there's something to it. So you can look at your equipment guy not preparing you for the Super Bowl because of the turf. Everyone knows when you go to Pittsburgh, you better be prepared because it's a soggy field. It's below the Allegheny. You have to play with extra tall spikes because you'll, you'll slip. And it's equipment manager's responsibility to have you prepared for that. Now, again, that turf was really weird because they had put it in a formaldehyde jar and all that. Then they rolled it out there for the Super Bowl, which made the whole thing weird. But Kansas City played on it, too. Okay, okay, Arthur. I guess the other team they played on at Kansas City, they played on it. Field was unplayable. What a bunch of excuse makers. Holy shit. Hey, man. You guys have a ton of excuses for failure instead of just addressing failure and looking at it and becoming better from it. Holy cow. This guy's legit. <laughs> you see? All right. The field was unplayable. <laughs> okay. That's okay, though, man. It's good to be a fan. That's why there's more people in the stands than on the field. It's all right. I get you. All right. We're going to move on because I see some panties are getting twisted here. And I don't want anybody. <laughs> I, I don't want anybody to get too upset here because you know we 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 are in the off season here. It's all good, man. It's all good. I'm gonna put this out there now. I tell you one thing that this Philadelphia Eagle team, as we what are we 37 days away from training camp? Um, I'll tell you the one thing that this team has. I'm trying to look at one player on the football team. Do they have one player that's the best player at their position in the NFL? Maybe center. You was just comparing Carter to Jerome Brown. I never said he wouldn't be. I said we have to wait and see him play. Jesus, which is it? I think he, coming out of college, has the same ability as Jerome Brown. Yeah. Will he be a good pro? Yet to be determined. What, what, what did you understand about that? He's got all the tools Jerome had when he came out of Miami. But he hasn't played it down yet. He has no experience. 
What's what's the misinformation on that? I'm missing that. What did I just say that you didn't understand that was not correct? He's never played an NFL down. I said he's got potential to be like Jerome, but he's inexperienced as an NFL player. I'm missing whatever you missed. Not sure what you're talking about. Why don't, why, why, why? I mean, I'm not following that. It's okay. Then again, when you start talking to certain people sometimes, I find myself like in the toilet bowl and I'm that perpetual spin in the John where it just never flushes. So sometimes I just have to back up. (laughs) I mean, okay. Anyway, is there one player on the Philadelphia Eagles that's the best player in the NFL at his respective position? Do the Eagles have one player that's the best at his position in the NFL? Probably Kelsey. Probably Jason Kelsey. Lane's not better than Trent Williams. But it's like this this close. And plus he plays right tackle. He's not a left tackle. Left tackles make more. They're responsible for the blind side. There's a reason that guy makes $28 million a year. Lane makes a lot of money. And by the way, like I said, it's like this. But Trent Williams, any place but Philly is considered the best offensive tackle in the NFL. Okay. Got to take on all the elite rushers from the blind side. I'm not debating that. Left tackle is always known to be the number one tackle. Tackle, left, center, right tackle. Dude, you know, traditionally in the past, what they used to do to tackles who were failures at left tackle, they moved them to right. That's not Lane's case. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But I I I would say that the Eagles probably have one player at the position where you would call him the best player at his position. Okay? Um... But I'll tell you what they do have. I'm trying to think of another football team that has the best duos than the Eagles. Like, like the 49ers don't have I – mean, look, look at the Eagles here. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Both of those players aren't the best players at their position. But as a duo, Waddle and Tyree Kill – See, personally, you guys are going to think I'm crazy here. I think A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are better than Tyree Kill and Waddle. As a duo, I think they're better. I think they're better because they do more. A.J. is awesome in the run game. Devontae runs better routes than any receiver down in Miami. Chase and Higgins. But again... How much is Chase and Higgins involved in the run game? When you, when, when, when you think of Chase and Higgins, fabulous pass-catching guys, but are they the best complete duo? Okay? Here's something else. Bradbury and Slay are not the best corners in the NFL. However, as a duo, Miami's guys are good. The Cowboys, of, 
upgraded getting Stefan Gilmore, but Gilmore is past the 2019 player of the year on the other side of Diggs. I think Diggs gambles too much. So is Slay and Bradbury. But here's the other one. Name me a better tackle tandem than Jordan Malata and Lane Johnson. Shit, I got to tell you something here. This team has got some duos, man. They, they, they've got great duos. Look at even Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham. Underrated and underappreciated. Okay? Underappreciated. I, I Cosmo, I still think, I still think Stefan Gilmore has game. By the way, Gilmore's got a great resume. He's a borderline Hall of Famer. The guy is the former NFL defensive player of the year. He's a fabulous player, but I think he's a little bit past it. Not saying that Slay is in the conversation not getting on the back nine of his career either. Okay, but what's the Eagles' best duo? Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Bradbury Slay, or Malad and Lane Johnson? What if you had to pick? Now remember something: playing corner. I say playing corner is as tough as playing quarterback in the NFL, because you have a physical disability there. You know what that is? You got to run backwards the majority of the time to defend. Okay, think about that. You're you're covering people like Justin Jefferson, and you're backpedaling. That's a tough-ass position. Corners. Devontae Smith and AJ, are there a, is there a better duo in the NFL? Let alone on the Eagles. Or how about Malad and Lane Johnson? If you had to pick the best duo that the Eagles have on their roster, who are they? Gilmore and Diggs are going to be a problem for us. Hertz is going to have to use his backs, tight ends against them. And he's got to be better at manipulating defenders in the seams. He, that's not the offense. RPO is not that. RPO is not that. I actually think Jalen's got to be more of a threat in a run game against the Cowboys than a passing threat. Because what that does is it brings the corners up. And maybe those corners have to play some man. And if those corners have to come up and play man, that's when Goddard runs down the scene. See, to me, the way you beat Dallas, you've got to run the ball on Dallas, and your tight end's got to be able to go against those linebackers to soften up the Y and Z. And to me, Goddard against Dallas is the key. Dallas Goddard's a mismatch against a lot of NFL teams out there. Okay, it's an absolute mismatch. There's very few linebackers that are going to be able to cover Dallas Goddard because of his size, the way he blocks. You know, like I said, the only problem that I have with Goddard, he drops one out of every three footballs. But here's the thing that makes it. He's a better player than Zach Ertz. He's a better player. He's a better blocker. He looks for the end zone. Guy's looking to score every time he gets the ball in his hands. 
that guy there, in my opinion, he's the guy that Dallas doesn't have an answer for. Because why do you think Dallas went out and got Stefan Diggs? To cover AJ. To cover AJ. Hey, I, I appreciate you guys coming aboard here with us right now. I know we're doing a little bit of internet in and out here. Davis and Carter would be the best duo in the NFL. Hey, go back to reading your comic books, Arthur. You can do a better job of reading Batman or Superman or Aquaman than talking to me right now on June 20th about whether or not you're prognosticating. Yeah, you and Nasser dumbass can sit there and say that all you want on June 20th. You sound like the rest of those tools in Philly uh, guessing on what might happen. Let's see it. Let's get out there and play some ball. Your boy last year shit the bed. He was not a good DT last year. He was okay. You could have got okay in the fourth round. Okay. Let's effing go. Arthur, you know, man. Arthur's one of my, hey, I can guarantee you, when Big Seals comes to Philly, Arthur and me will be drinking some beers. Who's Rashad Penny? I never heard of him. I haven't seen him. He's, he's like Casper the Ghost. Rashad Penny. Hey, hey, folks will love this stat. He's had two starts a year in five years, and he's played. He's had 11 starts in his five years for a first-rounder. He was a colossal bust in Seattle. A colossal bust. That's why they got Kenny Walker from Michigan State, and they let that guy go. Guy's made of bosso wood. You know the things you put your airplanes together, wood? Right? Rashad Penny's made of bosso wood. Guys like that, hey, that guy's like that sub made out of, like, styrofoam. <laughs> hey, Rashad Penny might be built a little bit tougher than that sub that's got those five people that thought they'd go three miles down to the Titanic. Congratulations to you. I'm going to go down in a styrofoam cup to see the Titanic. Some people are the dumbest people on the planet. $250,000 to get crushed in a styrofoam cup. Hey, man, can I, hey, where'd, where'd Big Seals die? He died in a, he, he died in a Starbucks uh, coffee cup on the way down to the Titanic. <laughs> Holy cow. Talk about dumbness. You can't get any dumber than that shit. Let me go three miles down in a styrofoam cup. Dude. Could, hey, not good, man. <laughs> not good here here's who my best duo is okay Malata and Lane Johnson dude you guys got the best tackles in the NFL and that is where you're gonna win a shitload of games this year dude those hey by the way you probably have the best corner duos you probably have the best wide receiving duos but the best one on the Eagles is Malata and Lane these guys are earth movers, man. They're great football players. And to have them as both your bookend detail or offensive tackles is absolutely incredible. Congratulations. Dude, the drafting there, get this. And you know what makes this even better? You drafted Lane. What was Lane, the fourth pick in the draft? Was Lane the fourth pick in the draft? The other guy was a seventh rounder. So you had a first rounder and a seventh rounder. 
that that shows you your draft room and your personnel department that you're getting those kind of players. It doesn't matter the round you're drafted in Philly right now. Dude, I'm telling you, man, your boy Howie Roseman, since he came out of the broom closet, when they stuffed his ass in there when Chip was in the house, he's a better GM. He's a better general manager. And again, pointing out the fact that in the Super Bowl, you only had one undrafted eagle that was in that offensive huddle is more of a testament to the fact that how you guys completely shit the bed in the past about drafting, how you guys are now hitting on it with 17 to 22 guys off that team a year ago were drafted by the Eagles. That's a tremendous number. It's a tremendous number. Kudos, man. He is totally a better evaluator of where they're going. Well, he's staying in the Southeastern Conference too. Okay? He's staying in the SEC, which is going to help him because that's where the best talented kids are. And he's right to do that. Prior to that, they don't know how to draft edge rushers. They don't know how to draft cornerbacks. Shit, they surely as hell don't know how to draft linebackers. But Howie, over the last couple of years, is getting it right. We'll, we'll, we'll see if they get the linebacker position right with N'Kobe. Question marks there. But I see I can't make any assessment on N'Kobe because I haven't seen him play. To sit there and go, N'Kobe Dean's going to have a breakout year. Dude, he couldn't. He could barely make it to the special teams. And you're sitting there thinking, I'm going to go like this here on June 20th. This guy's going to be... <laughs> This guy's going to be the next Sam Mills. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I don't. It doesn't matter where they're drafted, but oh my God, this first rounder didn't play well as a rookie. He sucks. Um, he did suck. Okay? He did. He, he, he did. He was out of shape. And unprepared. Actually, if you think about it, unprofessional. I don't care you're a good guy. Are you ready to play? No. When you're tapping your hat after four plays, it's time to reevaluate what you're doing. Okay? Jerome wasn't great his first year. Not true. He was on the all-pro ballot, pro bowl ballot. Here. I happen to have that ballot. Just to show JM he's full of shit most of the time. Here is the 1987 Pro Bowl ballot. And there's your eagle, guys. Jerome was on the ballot. Oh, so was Big Sills. How you doing? This is the Pro Bowl ballot. I guarantee you Jordan Davis was on no Pro Bowl ballot. So you're full of shit. Boom. Damn. JM. Here, here, JM. Watch. This. Ah. Woo. Got hurt a little bit, didn't it? <laughs> Woo. Ah. Okay. <laughs> That's right, Loki. Jerome Brown was never not good. <laughs> hey, he may have been a little undisciplined. And you got to pull the guy off the list. Okay. But he was always a good player in Philly. When Jerome Brown stepped on the field, you knew what you had. Even Parcell said this. 
Our life has just changed, Sims. How many times has Phil Sims come on here? I don't hear anybody saying this about Jordan Davis. Phil Sims said, our life has changed. The Eagles just drafted Jerome Brown, he and Reggie. And he knew right then and there. He knew right then and there. I don't hear any kudos coming out of quarterbacks going, man, boy, that beast of a DT they got. <laughs> um, <laughs> come on, man. All right. So this is what I've done here. Perfect. Perfect timing. I have put together the Big Sills top 10 defenses heading into training camp, 37 days away. Here are my top 10 top units in the National Football League. Okay? Jerome Brown is royalty. Arthur, he is, man. Absolutely. Jerome Brown, royalty. By the way, the 19th, what are we coming up? Oh, hold on here. Am I, am I right? Jerome, when did Jerome pass? I know, I know, I know that, I know that Len Bias I know that Len Bias, 25th, that's right, five days, Jerome would be dead. Man. It's always a tough one. So we'll just hang in there for that. Let Let me get back on the track here. 25th, man. It's been so many years still, man. It just seems that that it's unbelievable that that guy's gone. Now I was in 86. He played with me in 86. Um, it just doesn't seem, you know, just as, you know, some of you know it, but we're up, we're up in Connecticut and I was training camp. And you guys remember the guy, Eric Andelsack, he was a guard for the, um, for the Lions. And he had died in Thibodeau, Louisiana, I think a week earlier. I, I, I think Eric Endelsek was hit by a truck. He's a friend of mine. An AP guy calls me, a, a friend of mine too, and he goes, hey, did you hear the news? I said, yeah, man, Eric Endelsek died. He played at LSU. I knew him from All-Star games. Okay? And... They go, no, you hear what happened to Jerome? I'm like, no, I just talked to him two days ago. And they go like this. They go, no, man, he died. He was in a car accident. And I was like, well, I called up there. I called up there and I called this number. There's where his home is. 11472 Shady Crest Court. Brooksville, Florida, 904-79, the family's gone, 1975. Yep. 
Great dude. Unbelievable. All right. That's a great question that I just saw somebody say. Um, is it necessary to have a top 10 defense any longer in the NFL? That's a great question. I don't know if you can build one anymore. I, it's a great question. You know, I heard Hugh Douglas say, having those, those Raven and Buccaneer-type defenses, shit, even like the defense. Hey, look, the defense you had last year is not even remotely close to the 4 defense, the 17 defense, and Gang Green. Okay? I, I, I would take Gang Green over last year's defense any day. They were more physical. They knocked the shit out of you. More teams were in fear of them. But you can't play that style of ball any longer. It's 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 a great question. It's it it really is. Do you how do you need we'll we'll expand on that, but let me let me give you my top 10. My top 10 big sales defenses in the National Football League as we get ready for training camp. Number 10, I got the Broncos. I think the Broncos have a lot of talent. Patrick Sertain. Hey, that Justin Simmons kid that's also back there in their secondary, they got some good football players back there. Denver is not going to have a problem this year, in my opinion, when, when it comes to playing defense. They were a pretty good unit last year. I think they're a good football team. And I, 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 I want to see the influence that Sean Payton has on this, but... Dude, they got, they got some good players on defense. I think the Broncos, I'm with you, Cosmo. I think the Broncos are legit as a defensive football team. Number nine, I got the Bills. You know, for the first 10 games of the season last year, I thought the Buffalo Bills had the best defense in the NFL. Um, then Von Miller got hurt, and I thought they kind of sputtered towards the end. They really couldn't get after people, especially in the pass rush. And in the AFC, you have to get after people and rush the passer, in my opinion. And I think that whole unit looked different when Vaughn got injured. Sean McDermott had, you know, if you look at it, over the last four years, the team that has averaged being the best defensive football team has been the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills, once again, they struggle at getting to the quarterback a little bit. So to me, I still think they're a good unit. And I got them ranked ninth, another AFC team. I got the Commanders at eight. Um, Man, they could just beat people up in the trenches. They beat the Eagles up last year in the trenches in game two. They beat them up in the trenches. Washington, I thought, was more physical than Philadelphia was in that second game. Philadelphia manhandled them in that first game. Washington manhandled, I thought, the offense in the second game. I mean, if you look at the offensive statistics in that Washington game, game two, there weren't really big numbers put up by the commanders in that game. They stuffed you on defense. They're a fantastic inside, physical, tough What's Chase Young going to look like this year? They've already made it clear they're not they're not picking up his contract. There's even rumors that they're trying to trade him. 
The Steelers are interested in him too. What Chase Young are you going to get? Are you going to get Chase Young? Like we saw personally, I thought Chase Young showed me more potential than Michael Parsons. When he came out of Ohio State, I thought he was a better prospect. And then he got hurt. Now he's fallen out of favor with the organization. So much so they're letting him go into his final year. That guy puts up 16 sacks. He is going to make a mint on the open market. But I find it hard to believe that Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, having seen him go through OTAs, haven't made their assessment going, I'm not sure what we're going to get with Chase Young. That's why they put him on the market. So is he damaged goods? He might be. I'm going to be very interested to see. He's the key to their season, too, on defense. Because if he could return to anything like he was two years ago, they got something even more special over there. Okay? They do. So I got the commanders at number eight. This is the Big Seal's top 10 defenses. Speaking of the Steelers, Steelers got a lot of talent, man. A lot of talent. But last year, a lot of injuries. T.J. Watt had an injury-plagued season. They had so many guys in and out of the lineup last year on defense. Uh, Micah Fitzpatrick is a spectacular player. They get Joey Porter Jr. in the draft. They're adding depth. Hayward up front. Man, they got a good defensive core. One thing I'll say again, though, that their linebackers have not been good since the injury to Ryan Shazier. They can't cover tight ends, man. And that has been a problem, especially in the AFC. A team like Kansas City beats Pittsburgh because Kelsey goes crazy on them. They can't defend the tight end. And a team like the Eagles, man, who's defend who's defending Goddard? TJ Watt? That's not happening. It's a physical mismatch. He's a 6'5 guy against a 6'3 guy who's 238 pounds. He's going to kill that guy. He's not going to cover him. Okay? He's going to, no, not a chance. Number six, I got the Patriots. Always a great unit. Um, do you know that they gave up the fourth fewest yards per play than any defense in the National Football League last year? That's not a surprise because of Belichick. And by the way, when you got coaches in that building, Matt Patricia, and all those coaches that know how to put defenses together, you're always going to be in the room with a great unit. And Matt Patricia being in the building is going to be able to dissect the first game of the year for the Eagle offensive coaches to tell them exactly where the weaknesses are and where you can attack those defenses. The Patriots are a great unit, okay? Now, could they be better if they had DeAndre Hopkins or a Dalvin Cook? Absolutely. And that'll make that defense even better. You know, I, I still think they're a little weak at corner, which is shocking because they usually have really good corners. But they're, they're a little inexperienced there. The linebackers are not bad. They're pretty good in the front seven, and they can get after people. Okay? But, again, they're, they're, they're a scheme-oriented defense. 
which means that they're going to look at the personnel. And if my my opinion, how the Patriots would attack the page, um, the eagle, the Eagles, they got to stop the run. And to me, the the signature guy is this. I'm going to let Jalen Hurts beat me throwing the ball. I don't want him beating me on third and long or third and whatever to pick up the first down running the ball. I think you got to keep a spy on him. I think now that you've got some tape on him, you've got to keep him in the perimeter and you've got to keep him in the pocket. You can't let him break containment on you. Jalen Hurts, I think, is more dangerous. Here, 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 here's something for you guys. If I were in that building with the Patriots, Jalen Hurts in open space is probably the most dangerous quarterback in the league. You would say, what about Lamar? Lamar's reckless, hence his injuries. I didn't say he's a better runner in open space. Listen to my words. He's the most dangerous quarterback in open space. Lamar's the most electric. When Lamar takes off running, he's electric. Watching him play, Jalen, methodical. See, Jalen's like George Foreman. He's not worried about winning the rounds. He's going to win the fight. When we had George Foreman on, what was it, a year ago, Xander? George Foreman always said this, I never wanted to win rounds. I didn't give a shit about winning rounds. I cared about winning the fight, which meant methodically beating you down. And that's kind of what he does. You see, the guy in Kansas City, spectacular plays. Spectacular plays don't necessarily win you Super Bowls. His case, it does. He's a spectacular player. But it's a guy that doesn't turn the ball over. Guy knows what he's doing on the field at all time. Situational play calling, getting down, not taking minus yards. You know, it's funny. I don't know if you guys, you know, I, I, hey, JM, I'm going to make this comparison. If you guys tell me if you see this. To me, Jalen Hurts is more like Emmett Smith. And Mahomes is more like Barry Sanders. You're going to see some minus plays up there, Kansas City. And you're going to see some turnovers up there in Kansas City. But what you're going to see with Jalen is this. Like Emmett, eight yards, five yards, nine yards, 15 yards. Like I told you guys before, you look up, he's got 25 carries, 154 yards and two touchdowns. And you go like this, what? How many times have you looked up at Jalen stats and went three, 10 and 75 and two touchdowns. Holy shit. Holy shit. Don't compare anyone to Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders is nowhere near the running back that Emma Smith was not even remotely close. Emmett didn't have minus plays. Barry would go like this minus seven. Minus eight, 75 yards. Those minus plays could be critical in a third quarter or fourth quarter. You got to learn to live with those. Emmett was 10 times the player. And everyone's always going, well, he had a better old line. No, he didn't. He made that old line. He made that old line great. 
Every single one of those players, as I've told you, was with Tom Landry his last three years in Dallas. What'd they do with that line? Nothing. They won four games each year the last three years. They didn't. Martune was there. Nate was there. Gogan was there. Crawford Kerr was there. All those guys were there. Every one of them except Stepnoski. They were there years in advance before Jimmy showed up. Landry drafted all those guys or signed those guys. Nate was a castoff from the USFL. So when everyone goes, well, Emmett had the better old line. Well, what did they do for five years previous before Emmett showed up? There's a reason Emmett Smith was the greatest back of all time. And his numbers dictate that. He had 12,000 rushing yards at Escambia High School in, in uh, Florida. He had 4,000 rushing yards in three years at Florida. And he almost had 20,000 yards rushing in the NFL. I don't know about you, but there wasn't a level he didn't kill people at. So when you say all these things about the Dallas Cowboy O-line, dude, I think the Eagles have a better O-line than that Cowboy line. I think that current Eagle group that you have right now, that Eagle O-line, in my opinion, I think it's better than the Cowboy line. You just don't have a running back. Oh, wait, your quarterback. You don't, you don't really utilize that old line to its effectiveness because you don't really believe in a running back. If B. John Robinson was drafted by the Eagles, he would have led the NFL in rushing. You put Dalvin Cook back there, Dalvin Cook would lead the NFL in rushing. Look at the yards he had last year. You put him behind a better old line with a quarterback and 2,000-yard receivers, Dalvin Cook could get 2,000 rushing yards this year. But the Eagles don't want to go there. Okay. Here, how many yards did Dalvin Cook have last year in Minnesota? How many yards did he have in Minnesota last year? Um, what was the number he had? Dalvin Cook, stats. So he had 1,173 at 4.4 yards a carry and eight touchdowns and 264 carries. I don't know about you, man, but you put him behind the Eagle O-line, he gets 1,500 yards. He gets 1,500. And he probably leaves the NFL in rushing. Emmett had the best O-line in history. That's an absolute lie. That's an absolute lie. Not one of those. How could he have the best? Wait a minute. Let me get this right. You've got two Hall of Famers on your line. There's not one Dallas Cowboy offensive lineman that will ever see the inside of the Canton Hall of Fame unless he buys a ticket. How could he have the best O-line? Not one guy is remotely even thought of when they won those Super Bowls. Larry Allen came later. And I don't know if even if Emmett played with him. I don't know if Emmett played with Larry. So you're making it the best O-line. <laughs> Made up. Emmett had the best O-line. Seriously. Shit, Barry had Lomas Brown, Kevin Glover, Eric Andelsack a little bit. Okay? Greasy. Never won a Super Bowl with Larry Allen when they were dominating the NFL. Larry Allen wasn't on those Super Bowl teams. Okay? He was not. 
Okay, okay, by far, all due respect, you've got two Hall of Famers in your line and you think the Cowboy line was better. Okay, we'll agree to disagree. Let me move on. Now we move into the top five. Xander, I'm going to roll through the top of the hour because I want to do the total 10 here. I got the Cowboys here at five. Big Sills top 10 defense is 2023. Um, they added Gilmore. Mozzie Smith, I think he's overdrafted a little bit. Um, Dan Quinn's a heck of a coordinator. He's more of a schemer guy, which means he knows how to put schemes together. He's really good at putting structure together. I love him. You know, he started all that up in Seattle, Dan Quinn, when he was working with Pete Carroll up there. And I, I, I really I really like him as a coordinator. As a head coach, I'm not so sure, but the Cowboys have a pretty good unit. Their front four is good. You know, there's actually people that think that the Cowboys are a better defense than what the Eagles have. I don't think so. At number four, I got the Eagles. New D.C., unknowns everywhere. Still, cornerback. See, here's why the Eagles, in my opinion, are better than the Cowboys when it comes to defense. It's because they got their premium positions covered. Got their corners covered. They got an edge rusher. That's key when you're looking at your defense. Your hardy, the heart of your defense is gone. Your five top tacklers, your top defensive tackles gone. All your backers are gone, and your safety position is a complete unknown. Up the heart of the team. A lot of question marks. Now, I will say this. Did they upgrade? Not an experience as on June 20th. Absolutely not. However... Did they upgrade maybe athletically? Maybe. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll make this point to you. I'll make this point to you. If Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox play great, that's going to be a great sign to see if Nicobe Dean can play. Because if those guys get knocked off the ball, in the last two years you guys struggled in defending the run. You're not the best run defenders. You were a little better this year than you were the year previous. Okay? But if they can't stop the run, that little dude's going to get killed back there. And they'll run the ball all night long on you. And as much as you guys think that T.J. Watt and Kaiser White suck, they all got raises when they moved on. Those are two 100 tackle guys. You think this guy Murrow, who was a guy that was in Chicago, who's a downgrade, and the Bears upgraded with your guy, and you got their downgrade, is an upgrade for you. How dumb. (laughs) Completely dumb. Okay? Dumb. I'm sorry, Dan. My bad. Larry Allen won a Super Bowl. Oh, he did? did? Oh, Greasy, I didn't know that. He, he I, I didn't think he was on no I don't remember him being on those uh so he was on the Switzer team. Larry Allen was the starting guard on that Switzer team. I'm gonna have to check that out. I didn't realize that he had been in the league that long. Okay, maybe maybe he was because he came out of Humboldt State. Okay, so 
I thought Larry Allen won a Super Bowl in San Francisco when he went to the 49ers. Um, I was wrong about 92-93. Okay. I, I, I didn't realize I didn't realize that he was that he was on that last uh, Super Bowl team with uh, Switzer. Okay. My mistake. Here's your top three defenses. Um, I got the Dolphins here at number three. Vic Fangio's being brought in. I'll tell you what, man. They got a great-looking linebacker in that David Long kid, man. He's an up-and-coming kid. I love him. They added Jalen Ramsey. They're, they, that's a pretty good-looking unit. They get after the quarterback with Phillips. That's a good-looking football team, man. That's a good football team. The Dolphins, depending on what Tuck of Viola does. Yeah, man, I think they're going to be a top three team. I like the fact that Vic Fangio's been brought in there. And now that you've added Jalen Ramsey, one of the better. Dude, they got a pretty good corners, a duo of corners themselves. And they rushed the passer. And they got a better linebacking core than the Eagles do. As a matter of fact, there's not really anywhere you're better on defense than they are. The Eagles aren't where, – where, where do you have the advantage? Reddick? 16 – okay, Reddick. But, again, Reddick's limited. Can't tackle, can't cover. I don't know. Wouldn't constitute him as all-around player. Now, he does create fumbles. Okay? He does. But as an overall unit, I think the Dolphins are better. I got the Jets number two. Quentin Williams, Gardner, their linebackers. Robert Saley's done a nice job, man. They got an elite group of players there. The Jets have a really good – that Quentin Williams can play. And they've got the best cover corner in National Football League. And, and, and Sauce Gardner. I think the Jets might be actually better on defense this year than on offense. I'll tell you something, man. Joe Douglas has done a hell of a job in building the Jets up since he's gotten that GM's job. He has definitely done a great job. I got the 49ers number one. Great against the run. 77.7 yards a game. 3.4 a carry. Held the Eagles to the lowest offensive output of the entire year in the NFC title game. And obviously, there were numerous reasons that the score was high because it was small fields, turnovers. The offense couldn't do anything. But the 49ers held the um, Eagles to 260 yards in total offense. And I thought they really did a great job. And again, if you take that one gift pass away, that Devontae didn't catch the ball, it would have been a lower your number. San Francisco's got a great unit, man. Now they had Hardgrave. I still say this about Javon Hardgrave, though. I don't really think he's the greatest run defender. Okay? I, I, I don't think he's the greatest run defender. All right. I want to take a timeout. Philly 500 is going to join us. We'll throw all these questions at him. Detroit... Marshall, just outside. S same with the Bengals. Same with the Bengals. 
Bengals are an under they're an underrated unit. I like their ends. I think Cincinnati, but they lose the safety to Atlanta. I think that's going to hurt them a little bit, especially in the AFC. They got some good they got some good pass rushers, very underrated pass rushers too. Philly 500 will join us at 4.30 Eastern time. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, that fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. will join us in a couple minutes. I really like what Nick Sirianni's doing by singling out Quez Watkins. I like it. They want him to make that team. If I was that player and my head coach and I was the number three guy in the building and there were question marks, got to catch that ball, son, in the Super Bowl. 
Eagles could have won a Super Bowl if you catch that pass. Their chances go up incredibly. You got to catch that pass, son. You're asked to do very few things. You're a decoy, and you got to make those catches because you got to validate that speed. The only way you validate the speed is by catching that pass. Then you become feared because of that speed. And you're a junior version of Deshaun Jackson. You see, Quez Watkins can't be validated as a pro-wide receiver yet until he makes critical catches. Once he makes critical catches, then you start doing shit like this. Dude, I'll tell you what, man. At Hunter Renfro, every single time that guy gets in open space, he catches that rock, and that guy makes plays. When you when he can play he can play 10 years in the NFL, Quez Watkins. Dude, you guys don't understand. You can't game plan for two. If I'm a defensive coordinator, dude, who was that guy? What was, what was the guy that they got from Indianapolis last year? That guy was a nothing burger on the Eagles. He was a nothing burger. If I'm a defensive coordinator and I, I, I see that guy from Indianapolis, I see, I see him on the, on, on the field. I'm like, I don't give a shit about that guy. They're not going to him. I'm not going. But when you watch a guy run a 4-2, as a coordinator, you can't let that guy run down the middle of the field like he did in that Minnesota game. Because it, he takes the top of defenses off. But when you drop passes, right, Zach Pascal doesn't scare me. Quez Watkins does. And when you got your head coach doing this, hey, this guy really had a great spring. That's great news. It's different than hearing this. What was the, what, what did I hear? A guy make a comment. About um, about one of his players in Pittsburgh. Listen to this comment. Steeler OC, Matt Canada. I think Kenny Pickett had a good spring. What? You think? Or you know? What is it? What is that? I think that Kenny Pickett had a good spring. That's a shitty backhanded comment. Because to me, how I read that, if I was the player, I'd be like this. Well, did I or didn't I? Which means it's unknown. Look at those comments that are coming out of San Francisco out of uh, no play Trey. Hey, I really like the way he handles adversity. Hey, he's a starter somewhere else, just not here. Dude, nobody wants to get backhanded slaps by your own teammates like that. I mean, okay. I like it, man. I think that's a pretty cool thing. I think that's good that they're singling him out. Because you know what they're also doing? They're putting a bigger bullseye on him. Hey, kid. You want to be here? This is your year. This is your year. That guy could scare people. How many guys do you think defenses have? We just went over the top defenses. How many defenses do you think have three corners that could cover or a slot corner that could cover Quez Watkins with a 4-2 sitting on the roster right now? I'd say none. Son, you got to catch the ball. And here's the most important thing. Dude, you got to be a fighter. 
holy cow, man. My daughter fights more for the rugby ball than you fight for a football in traffic. Hoss, I mean, honestly, man, it, it, you're not playing Nerf ball. <laughs> you're not playing Marco Polo in the, in the pool. You, you got you to gotta fight for that shit out there. You can't have people just rip the football out of your hands like that. You look weak. Can't be soft. He plays soft. Got to up that, man. Because they'll, they'll intimidate you. Dude, defenses can barely do things to you. And when they see a guy like, like Quez Watkins coming across, now maybe it's because you don't have enough onions to run across the middle. But, dude, it's not the NFL of 20 years ago. You got to make those catches, man. Okay? Guy's soft as tissue paper. His, that's what his problem is. He's afraid of getting hit. Here, no one else will say it. Quez Watkins is afraid of getting hit. Most speed guys don't want. Hey, at the end of the day, nobody wants to get hit. <laughs> nobody wants to get hit. But Quez Watkins is afraid of getting hit. You play wide receiver. It's a contact sport, son. You're afraid of getting hit. It's the only way you can look at it. He's too talented. He's a talented kid. I think he's a talented kid. Now, Jeremiah, alligator arms? You're afraid of getting hit. Nobody in Philly will say it because you know what that comes down to? It just, just comes down to being soft. He's, he's, he's soft. Got to play tougher. Now, can you fix that? I don't know. Dude, just stick your head in there. Play as hard as you can. Let the chips fall where they may. Don't let being soft stop you from being a star. That reminds me of Dallas game. It took an interception from him. I was pissed. Marshall, he was soft. They fought him. They knew he wouldn't fight for it. They took it out of his hands. Running across the middle in Kansas City. Dropped the ball. He was soft. He was afraid. Now, to his defense, to his defense, he doesn't get a lot of targets. And maybe that was a priority in the spring to throw him as many footballs as they possibly could have. And probably why he impressed them was because they threw him more targets. He 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 just needs Maybe he does just need more targets. You know, look, when you get two or three targets a month, I mean, it, it's hard to be a tough guy. It's hard to catch the ball when you're not really a part of the offense and you're more of a decoy. So maybe that's why they made a pri They probably did make a priority of getting him the ball to see. Again, you know, you're running around in helmets and shorts. You're not expecting to get hit. So it's a lot easier to do that shit now. And you can look like a superstar running around out there like you're in a Madden game. I get that. So we're going to have to wait and see. But to me, in the preseason, he's one of the guys that I want to see play. I want to throw him some get, – get this. I don't have to play AJ, and I don't have to play Devontae Smith um, in the preseason, but I want what Quez Watkins playing. I want to see what this guy can do. Throw him the football. 
have Martin, you got a good enough backup quarterback to get him the football, especially on a slant. Get him. See, see what he's about. Because right now, I think this thing comes down to just being tough. He's just not a tough guy. And the examples are here. Some of you guys may not like it, but when you get the football taken out of your hands and you're afraid to go across the middle, I don't know. If you want to come up with some other lame-ass excuse like you do for Jordan Davis or some of these other guys, have at it. But to me, that's a fear of being hit. And there's a reason that the hurdler from Oregon is not getting looked at. Probably another example of that. Those track guys and those speed guys don't like to be banged on like that. I wouldn't consider Deshaun Jackson a guy who was a tough guy going across the middle. That, that wouldn't be something that I would put out there as a guy where I'd sit there and go, hey, you know. So they're going to find out if they have to upgrade here. Devin Allen, he's just fast. Yeah, but, he, but hey, put that guy on special teams, man. Let him return punts. That stiff you got back there now. Hey, shit, do me a favor. You want to you help Quez Watkins out and becoming a tougher guy? Put him on punt return. Put his ass back there on punt return. You know why they don't? Because they know he'll drop the ball. Because they don't think he's tough enough. Now I know why he's not on punt return. How could that guy running a 4-2 not be your punt returner? And he's a wide receiver. Do you ever ask yourself that? You got the shittiest punt returner. You might as well have a crash test dummy back there. Who's the guy that just makes fair catches every game and gets his ass blasted? And, and the only reason the Eagles like him is because he doesn't fumble the ball. Who, who's the crash test dummy that you have back there? Because, I mean, he, he's doing the best he can. Kobe? Okay. I mean, he's a crash test dummy. He's not... The only thing, again, like he doesn't do is they trust Covey. What's his name? Brian Covey? Okay. They trust him more than Quez. You run 4-2 and you don't have Quez Watkins on your special teams. Really? Okay. I'm not putting Devontae back there because I don't want to take the chance of hurting the kid. I mean... (laughs) Is that what, yeah, you know what? I like that 85. We'll take a look at the uh, 49ers schedule. We'll do that after we talk to our boy, Philly 500. Hey, and by the way, have the Eagles done anything to address their special teams? Get the shittiest special teams in the league. Cost you in the Super Bowl. Did you upgrade that? Remember the question we asked you yesterday? Have you done enough to beat the Chiefs? We haven't fixed your special teams. That cost you. That was part of the game too. Remember? Your 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 crash test dummy. Let that thing go out of bounds at the, what the ten, the five inside the ten, whatever it was. Gave up field position there, and everyone's like, "Well, there was only three three and outs in the Super Bowl against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes." That's a. Those are mistakes that you couldn't recover from. Okay. You haven't added one player to beat Mahomes. You haven't added anybody. And I was listening to Brandon Graham. 
And they feel that this game this year against the Chiefs at Arrowhead, they're looking forward to that. I'll tell you this. I am too. I want to see another year of experience on how Jalen's going to go against Spagnola or how how that defense with Sean, you know, it's Sean Desai versus Andy Reid. How, how comfortable do you feel with that? How comfortable? And it's Brian Johnson versus Steve Spagnola, the DC at KC. How do you feel about that? Coaching advantage is already in Kansas City. The quarterback advantage is in Kansas City, too. Shit, the defensive uh, advantage is in Kansas City. And some would say, well, I think we got better talent. You had it last year. Didn't matter. They had a better understanding of what they were doing than what you did a year ago. Because your coordinator was a charade and a, and a fraud. I said it all year. Guy was a fraud. The guy was such a fraud. He was sitting there Super Bowl week. I don't care what John McMullen says. He was prepared for the Super Bowl. This guy was sitting down having cups of coffee with Michael Bidwell during the Super Bowl. If the biggest moment in my life was coming up on Sunday, and that was to win a Super Bowl because I'm there with my guys, and I've got to finish this battle with my guys, Knowing full well I've got a great opportunity at the end of this. That'll come. I'm not going to turn my back on my guys. Can I tell you, Xander, I think you'll understand this because Xander and I are big college guys. Do you know what Jonathan, to me, you know what Jonathan Gannon reminded me of? When Chip Kelly walked in and told the University of Cincinnati kids that he took the Notre Dame job at their awards banquet in New Orleans and said, I'll see you guys. And the guys there in Cincinnati are playing Florida was Tebow's last game. They were sitting there going like this. What? And he just left his team high and dry. He walked in. Honest to God, this is how it went. He got the Notre Dame job, and he didn't coach the, um, the Sugar Bowl with that Cincinnati team. Walked in and told his team he was leaving. The game was in two days. Of course, Florida destroyed him. I don't see any difference. The only difference is, is that this guy was thinking about Arizona while he was calling the Super Bowl. Yeah. Some coordinator. Big time focus. Yeah. That guy was never going to outduel Andy Reid anyway. He needed to be 100%, 1,000% sold on it. Are you suggesting Gannon didn't want a ring? No, I'm suggesting that his personal goals and his personal um, advancement meant more than the ring. So, in theory, yes, his advancement meant more to winning a championship. Yes. Well, you've never heard that before? You've never heard a wide receiver go like this? I didn't get catches. I had no catches. You won the game. I don't care. What, you, you, what, are you under the impression that certain people out there care about winning all the time or care more about personal uh, advancement? What do you think the majority of people in life do? 
Think about team. Think about what you're all doing. Or do you think about personal advancement? What a jackass to think that people think about everyone else around them. Wake up, guy. Holy cow. You must live in the land of like Neverland. (laughs) Dude, the majority of people in the world think about themselves and not others. My aunt has to be like the only person on the planet that thinks about everybody else on the planet. Okay? Because she does. Okay? Some people have that in them, and it's an innate thing. That Jonathan Gannon doesn't come off to me that he cared about winning a championship over personal advancement. Now, if he knew he didn't get that job, I probably think he would have been better focused because he had to come back. But both coordinators already knew they were out. Xander wasn't producing the show, but Frank Wright came right on this program. We asked him, yeah, no, the Eagles reached out to me. I'm being the new OC. And you guys know, remember, Frank had to back up because he didn't want Brian Johnson to come down with any heat, but the Eagles offered him the job. But then he got the Carolina job. Frank said it here. You guys all heard it that we're here that day. Frank Reich was going to be the new offensive coordinator of Philadelphia Eagles this year. Feeding Carolina job. Facts. Facts. No, but he wanted the ring. <laughs> oh, man. Some people. One of my favorite people, because he loves Gabagool. He loves fleet. He loves Galaban. Have you ever had school Geals, Philly? Yes, I have. Oh, yes, I have. man. I love it all. I love it all. Although, <laughs> I mean, do I look like I miss any meals here or what? No, no, no. Hey, Philly, you you and Big Sills look like, you know, you're like me, man. We, 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 we're we not half a sandwich kind of guys. No, no. That, that's <laughs> that's like a tease to me, you know? Like, that's, don't tease me with a half sandwich. Dude, somebody no came to me the other day and they go, hey, you want a beer? I go, no, I want six. <laughs> that's that's it. I know. <laughs> I, I, that's hey, me to, hey, to a T. You want a hot dog? I go, no, I want three. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. See, I learned this from my grandpa years ago, Philly. See, my, my aunt, my aunt Yolanda came over and goes, hey, Danny, you want a piece of cake? My grandfather goes, no, no, I want a hunk. <laughs> right no that's true I, I'm exactly the same way people are always like just can't you have just it in moderation no I, no. I can't it's, I want it all or nothing that's right man <laughs> Yeah, absolutely with you here okay speaking of that Dick Vermeil went on WIP this week and he kind of has a different opinion on how to play Jalen Hurts he said mm-hmm. this. They asked him, they go, don't you think it's in the best interest of the Eagles to try to pull back Jalen's rushing attempts? And you know what Vermeil said? Vermeil was like this. He goes, no. Run him as much as possible. Keep playing him the way he is. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Why would you take one of his best assets on moving the chains away from him and limit him 
He's got more ability. Hey, if Tom Brady could run Philly, this is Vermeil's mentality. If Tom Brady could run, he would. But he can't. He's got to win games throwing the ball. This guy right. doesn't necessarily have to do that, which gives them more opportunity to win games in multiple ways. Right. Does Dick Vermeil have something here? I mean, who am I to who am I to tell Dick Vermeil? You know, he's wrong. I'm, you know, it's it's hard for me to say it. But I mean, from my own personal standpoint, I I do worry about the the hits and and running too much. Like, at what point does that start to wear him out? So, I mean, I think. Yeah, it's nice to run him and, and, and use him to, to his fullest. And I'm not saying they should slow it down all that much. But, I mean, I just think that if we're talking longevity of his career, at some point you would think it has to be dialed back at some point. I don't know when. Maybe it's not this year. But at some point I think you have to dial back. You know, I brought this topic up earlier too. The Eagles may not have the best player at their position at any position in the NFL. But outside of Kelsey, maybe. And if you can debate Lane. But I will say this. Dude, their duos are spectacular. What's the best Eagle duo, in your opinion? Devontae Smith, AJ, Bradbury Slay, or Mulata and Lane? Devontae, AJ. Why? Because I think they're both literally top five wide receivers. I, I think the upside of Devontae Smith is so great that um, I, I, I just don't – I you know, Bradbury, Slay, they're older, right? Lane Johnson, he's older. Jordan Malaz is younger. These guys are both, like, under 27 years old. These guys are both entering the prime of their career. So, to me, they still – their best years are still ahead of them. So, I have to go Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. I, I, I – listen – I said this. I think they may be the best duo in the NFL, too. And someone brought up the guys, uh, Jamar Chase and Higgins in uh, Cincinnati, and you bring up Waddle and Tyree Kill in Miami. And I went, you know what, though? What are those guys doing the run game? Right. You know, I mean, A.J. Brown knocks guys out in the run game. He did that yeah. in Tennessee. You could never take them. You know, the only problem I had with him is sometimes he takes plays off backside when the play's not coming to him. But other than that, in the run game, dude, he's knocking guys out. They may have they, – they've got three sets of duos, man, that are just absolutely spectacular. Right. I, I agree. I mean, and the other thing is if you look at A.J. Brown and, Derry, and, and Devontae Smith, they're not the same type of receiver. They're completely like almost opposite, but they're complementary, right? You got the big physical receiver – in AJ Brown, that you got the great route runner, great hands in Devontae Smith. I just think that they're such a great pairing. Um, I think it's unprecedented. I think it could be unprecedented. I really do. Let me throw this at you on Jordan Davis. I said this today about him. Um, if he doesn't start by the end of the year and is not a starter in his second year, we got a problem, Houston, don't we? It, it, dep it depends how it depends. I mean, are you, you high on him? Me, Are you yes. high on him? Yes. I, I believe, for the record, I believe he will be starting um, by the end of the year. I, I do. And I think he's going to have a big impact this year. I, I'm expecting big things for Jordan Davis. However, I mean, yeah, if, if he's not starting, yeah, it could be disappointing. But what if Fletcher Cox is having an, a, a, just a great year? I, I, I don't know. Like, um, 
I always I often think of Brandon Graham. Like Brandon Graham, if you look at Brandon Graham first, what three years, everybody called him a bust, but now he's still having his best year. So uh it, it, I think it would it would be a surprise to me if he didn't start, but I don't know. I, I would be ready to say that there's a like he's a bust. Yeah, it, it would depend how things go. Would this be the ultimate fantasy for the Eagle and the organization if both Jalen Carter and Davis are starting by the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, I, that, I mean, you're that's what you think about, that's what they're rolling towards. They want to do that. Yeah, I, I think that's what's going to happen. I, I think it's going to happen because if you remember last year, Fletcher Cox was complaining at one point he was getting too many snaps. I think in order to to, to play, you're gonna you're gonna cut his snaps down to keep him fresher. I believe Jordan Davis and Jalen Carr will be the starters, and I believe they're going to be monsters, both of them. I think we have the opportunity to have the greatest pairing of defensive tackles in our history why is Derek Barnett on this team because they love to torture Philly 500 there's nothing more they want to do than torture me with Derek Barnett I don't know I guess they we need penalties but you know we're penalties not enough I, I don't know he drives me it drives me crazy it, it really does Especially here's, when you here's have Xander's free- take um he's a good number five edge rusher and this guy was the 13th pick in the draft. And he's $3 million on the cap. <laughs> ah, you look like Dude. you got Ajita. <laughs> I, I would pay. I'd, pay, I'd, I'd, take the, I'd, take, I'd take a $30 million cap hit to get him. Listen, you got a guy like Yannick Nagagwe out there, free agency, nine and a half sacks last year. Bring him in. Get rid of Derek. I, I understand they're trying to be loyal to the guy that they drafted. But uh, come on, man. He, he stinks. He stinks. I, I, I'm not a Barnett fan. Me, me, me either. There. Hey, what's your take on Sirianni, man? Coming out and really giving Quez a lot of love here, man. Saying that he had a great spring, was emphatic. I mean, dude, I think they want him to make that team, Philly. I do too. Because uh, listen, what he offers in speed is, is something that you know is hard to come by. I, I think if he could develop into that third wide receiver, it'd be great. But I got to say, I kind of like Quez Walken. Like, I haven't given up on him. I kind of like how he handled everything, right? Like, if you remember Jalen Regular uh, a couple years ago, complaining, deleting his Twitter stuff, always having problems. He, he posted something basically going to make everybody pay, and he's been quiet. And he's just been quiet going about his business. So I kind of I kind of like that. I want I, I, I want to see what Quez does. I, I'm very curious, but I still believe Quez has a lot of talent. I, I do. Have the Eagles done enough? Listen, I've said this to you before. Look, um, you 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 draft to win your division and mm-hmm. you draft to win your conference. That being said, you got the Kansas City Chiefs once again on your schedule. Has this football team done enough to beat Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? I think I think they have done pretty much everything that they have possibly could have done, um, you know, with the circumstances that they had. I, I do think that they are better on offense. I think they have another dimension with the, with the running game. Like, I think um, – I think DeAndre Swift in the passing game is going to be huge for the Eagles. Um, you know, it, it depends how quick Jalen Carter develops because, you know, you are losing Hargrave that had, what, 11 sacks last year? So, uh, yeah, I think, I, think they, I think they could beat him. 
I, I do. Um, now, going into Kansas City is always hard. So, Your new name is Mayor 500 now because you're running Maybe. for mayor with that. With that. <laughs> I'm a politician, baby. I'm a politician. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, no, man. I mean, you, that's what people say about Howie Roseman now, man. I mean, you know, you think he's the second coming of – like the greatest general managers well, of all time here, man. You, I, he's, he's changed your opinion though, right? He's definitely changed my opinion. I, I said three good drafts and I would apologize to the guy. I did that. But, you know, when you really look at, at what they had last year and then what they had, uh, what they have this year, I mean, how do you replace Hargrave um, who had 11 that, sacks last year? That's a great year? question. You go Don't, out and get Jalen Carter in the draft. I mean, yeah, he may not be at the same level as Hargrave his rookie year, but I mean, upside wise, it's tremendous. So, what do you think the loss of Hargrave will be this year? I think you lose some sacks early on in the year. Uh, you know, I I really think that this offense is going to have to carry the defense early. I think because you've got a lot of young guys, a lot of moving parts, but. I think by the end of the year, I expect the defense to come on. So once you get into that Kansas City game, what, week eight, nine, whatever it is, that's when I think the defense starts to step up. But right off the bat, I think you lose out on sacks. You can't tell me losing out a guy that had 11 sacks isn't a big deal. It is. But, I mean, I don't know what better replacement than to get a rookie, maybe the best player in the draft uh, at that position. He just needs to play and develop. Here's how I look at that. I look at that in the in the micro. You're going to lose experience, and like you said, the sacks. But in the macro here, where you're looking at big picture here, I think eventually, again, like I said, you know, some of these people in here can't read or hear. I said when he came out of college, I said that this guy has as much talent as Jerome Brown, but he's inexperienced as an NFL player until he gets in the game. Obviously, that's reality. But I think mm -hmm. he has every opportunity to give them more of an upgrade at the position. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe by the end of the year, Philly. Yeah. Well, that's what guy, I'm thinking. You know, he's a better run stopper and he's he's as good a pass rusher. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you gotta give the rookies a time to develop. I mean, to say that he's gonna come in as a rookie and be as dominant as Hargrave was last year, I, I don't know how realistic that is. But you give him time, you give him snaps, you let him play. Uh, in the long run, I think you're getting a way more talented guy, you know. So I think the offense carries you early, and then I think the defense comes on at the end of the year. That's that's what I think is going to happen. I, I agree with you. Um, yesterday we had Gary Cobb on, and I was pretty shocked when he said this. I said, hey, um, right now in their careers, who would you take, Randall Cunningham or Jalen Hurts? And I was pretty shocked. He said he thinks Jalen Hurts – is a little bit ahead of where Randall was. Dude, Randall Cunningham was freaking electric. Yeah. I mean, electric. But he said the difference is, is that the maturity level of Randall wasn't where Jalen is, and it's easier to coach. I think, see, those guys were really boys back when they played together. See, I think Randall was difficult to coach, and I know he mm -hmm. was. People told me he was. Where Jalen's easier to coach, and that's probably why he's further ahead than Randall was at this time. You buy that? Part, partly. I mean, I, I think I think that from everything we've heard about Randall, you know, uh, I do think uh, Hertz is more mature. I think so, but 
if you, you know, Randall Cunningham, Buddy Ryan, he didn't really, he lost his, I forget his quarterback coach. He lost his quarterback coach really when he was getting in that development stage. They really didn't teach him how to play the quarterback. If, if you put Randall Cunningham right now in today's football with, let's say, Andy Reid or you, even Nick Sirianni, I think he's the best quarterback in the league. So, you know, I, I, I do agree in that. Um, I think. Hertz is more mature. I think he's, I do think he's further ahead, especially as a passer, but uh, I don't think Randall had the same, came into the same situation. That's a great, you know, and I, we brought that up yesterday too, that the coaching that Randall got was none. And then when they tried to coach him, they brought the ultimate guardrail coach in and John Gruden. Right. And that thing just absolutely imploded on him because instead of seeing, the one thing they do in Philadelphia with 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 um with Jalen, they let Jalen, like Vermeil said, go be you. They right. wanted him to be a completely different guy mm -hmm. and play within the pocket and such. And John yeah. tried taking away that running. Well, shit, the running ability is what's like you said. Randall Cunningham reminds me of Patrick Mahomes. Right. I I, I mean in today's listen. NFL. Right. I mean, the thing, the thing with Randall too, he had no, who's the best offensive lineman, Ron Salt uh, yeah. on that team. It, it was a horrible offensive line, no real run game. Keith Byers was good in the passing game, but you know, you had Fred Barnett, Calvin Williams. Uh, you didn't get Chris Carter. That was in Minnesota. He left before Mike quick was at the end of his career. He never had the talent around him and he never really had to me, the offensive coaches to teach him. If you put, I swear, I think if you took Andy Reid when he was an Eagles coach and you put Randall Cunningham on that team, I think Randall wins three Super Bowls. Nobody could convince me otherwise. I think Randall was that good, but um, you know he he didn't have that. Jalen Hurts. So is you don't mature. think Jalen Hurts is a better player than what Randall was? <clears throat> Randall's my like my favorite quarterback ever, so it's very hard, <laughs> you know. But no, I, I think I think Jalen Hurts has, I think Jalen Hurts has the intangibles that Randall may not have had. I think he's a natural leader. I think he's he he the players love him. I think he's um he works hard. I don't think he's you know like arrogant like Randall. You know Randall is a little uh, bit he, like hang out Arsenio Hall and Whitney Houston and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he has he has the makeup, but I mean, just from a, a pure like athletic standpoint, I've never seen a guy who could punt ninety yards, throw eighty five yards, and run the way Randall Cunningham did. I I just never seen it. He 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 was an absolutely gifted guy. Hey, did you ever hear the story on why um, Chris Carter got fired in Philly? Some somewhat. I, I I know something to do with like drugs or something, right? Wasn't it here, here here's what happened. So he started missing practices. And Jerome and Seth, Keith, um, Keith Jackson, all those guys, they went to Buddy Ryan and they told him these guys over the top doing drugs. Mm. Buddy Ryan called them in the next day. And said, you'll thank me for this. I'm releasing you. Yeah. And dude, he was the best receiver on the team. I know. And he's... they and he goes, nobody could believe it. He made a yeah. call, though, to Dennis Green. And said that, hey, look, this guy needs to go to rehab. But we're, we're yeah. releasing him. He, he doesn't need football right now. He needs help. Yeah. 
And he called, buddy, called Dennis. Mm. Dennis said, when you get your shit cleaned up, you can, um, well, we'll then the, oh, it's a Hall of Fame career after that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And get this. And like coming up next week is the anniversary on the 25th of Jerome's death. Mm. And I'll tell you this. My wife and I were sitting there and there's Chris Carter leaning against the wall next to Reggie and Seth and everybody bawling in tears. And all the Eagle mm. guys were all there. I'll tell you what, man. Philadelphia Eagle guys love that guy. The yeah. best thing they ever did, and they saved his life, yeah. was firing him because he was so deep into cocaine. Yeah, I remember the game he came back. It was, I think, a Monday night game, and he ran over to Buddy on the sideline and shook his hand, you know, to tell him thank you. You know, and Buddy Buddy stuck up for him. He's like, ah, all he does is catch touchdown passes. Remember, that was yeah. Buddy's excuse. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm glad it worked out for Chris Carter, but man, I really would have loved to have that. Guy. <laughs> you know, hey, hey, dog, he 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 should have been the greatest receiver in the history of Philadelphia Eagle history. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's even uh, more. What's talk. even more kind of crazy about Chris and our relationship? He and I were in the supplemental draft that year with Bosworth, and he's the only mm. one that panned out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. right. My friend, yeah. it is always great. Thank you so much. You. My Appreciate favorite Paisan, make sure you catch Thank out you, his podcast. He's one of the best that does it. And I tell you what, man, you're growing like a weed, dude. And I appreciate you coming on. And Thank by you, the man. way, I very few people get to come on with big sales. You gotta be a bigger star than big sales. And I think you're becoming a, a <laughs> oh, pretty big star. You're too kid. nice. You're I, too nice. Thank I you. I appreciate man. you coming and doing Thank this. You. Thank you, Philly. All right, man. Take care. You gotta make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you check out his podcast as well. Hit the like button. The most underrated Eagles. When I come back out of the timeout, we're going to hit on that next. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Los Angeles Dodgers are a disgrace I'm not even going to go knee deep into it They're just a disgrace Not going to do a political anything. They're a disgrace. The organization that gave Jackie Robinson an opportunity is a disgrace. But then again, baseball is a disgrace at times with their political activism. You are a professional sports league. Act like it. Nobody comes to Dan Cilio to listen to political rants. This affects my sports world when you affect fans and their experience at games. You know why you don't have a young fan base any longer? Because you're pathetic. You think you're more important than you are. You're a baseball team. You are there for your consumers, all of them. Republicans buy sneakers too. Signed Michael Jordan. When sports leagues go over the line, you become something you're not. And fans don't trust you. The Dodgers are a disgrace. Taking a knee for less than 1% of this country to insult your entire fan base almost makes no sense to me. It's like NASCAR. NASCAR wants to be more diverse. They should be. Okay? (laughs) They're telling you they want to be more diverse. And last year was the first year that they told people you couldn't have the Confederate flag at NASCAR events anymore. Hey, only a hundred years it took you. Get away from that. You don't see any kneeling anymore in the NFL. They got it completely away from that shit. Fans don't want that. Enough. Jesus criminy. I mean, Watching that Dodgers story this past Friday, I had to go take a shower. 
Excuse me. All right. Before I get to my Eagle topic here. So Saquon Barkley has given the Giants four weeks to get a long-term contract done. And he wants a long-term contract. Bro, you're not getting that. The New York Giants think more of Daniel Jones than you. And you're the bell cow of that team. Take a look at what teams have had go on this offseason here. Do you think anybody in New York right now with the Giants are happy that Daniel Jones is a $46 million a year guy? If you put Daniel Jones on the open market, the only teams that would compete for him are the shitty NFL teams and maybe an XFL team. And you think that guy's a $46 million guy. Man, you want to know why the Giants have blown the last 15 years? Decisions like that. I don't think they're going to be good this year. I think they're going to take steps backwards. And people are going to be looking at it going, oh, okay. Brian Dable, good coach. No, shitty schedule. Because now you got to play some big boys. And you don't have enough personnel on that team. Who's your wideouts? The guy from the Raiders who can't stay healthy? Good luck. Who are your wide receivers? Are you getting DeAndre Hopkins? Might help. Or would you do this? Would you trade Saquon Barkley and sign Dalvin Cook for $5 bucks? You could do that. Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook. I don't think Saquon Barkley's a better player. Dalvin Cook's 28, averaged 213 carries a year. Not an excessive load that he had in Minnesota. I don't know. Plus, it's cheaper. And you're not getting that less of a production. I don't think Barkley's better than Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook has had a spectacular year. What's he had five years in a row, a thousand yard rushing? He's a good player, man. Saquon Barkley's been banged up in the tub. That guy doesn't miss very many games. I mean, the Giants, look, look, look at the noise. What, what do you think has been the Eagles? Loudest complaint. Matt Patricia? I don't give a shit what Darius Slate thinks of Matt Patricia. He's irrelevant in the whole conversation. Matt Patricia, in my opinion, is a valuable coach that they brought in for a reason. Whether or not Darius Slate likes it or not has no bearing on my life. And quite frankly, it clearly has no bearing on the Eagles' lives. Because that's not how they see Darius Slay. That is his work. Now, if Jalen Hurts didn't like a coach, that probably goes further. Darius Slay, whether, get this, Darius Slay signed off on it? Since when do the Eagle front office okay coaching hires? When did that, I must have missed that email. Darius Slay, whether he liked it or not, 
Get along, player. You make $14 million. Shut up and play. We'll take care of the coaching. Whether you like it or not. Probably the biggest noise. Look at Buffalo. Holy shit. What's going on up there right now? Fastest way to derail that thing. Man, they got they got noise everywhere. Wide receiver. Right? Expectations on Josh Allen. Look at the noise. Hey, you got good noise with the Jets, believe it or not. Look at the noise in New York with the Giants. Every There's not a person in that giant locker room who's not doing this. Because if I'm sitting in that giant locker room, I'd be like this. You gave that guy, what, a year? You gave him 46 million bucks? You think that guy's $4 million less than Jalen Hurts? Holy shit. Dude, if Daniel Jones is worth $46 million, Jalen Hurts is worth $65 million. Big Seals, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Philly, man, you're one of my boys, man. You're one of like, the only people we've ever had on that has a great streaming show. I can't, we, we had somebody, I forget his name, though. I forgot who he was. He wasn't very good, but you're the best guy. <laughs> Look at the teams that have all hey, and, and then then you got the Niners. You, you know, shut up. You know we would have won. <laughs> hey, can I here's my impression of hey Niner guy, Niner all day. Here's my impression of you and your fan base. We would have won. We were playing with 10 guys. Hey, I'm really glad. Here, here's your noise this year. Hey, I'm really glad we're playing you later in the year when we get Brock Purdy back. So we'll be fully healthy to play you. Watch then. Then we'll have all our bat and balls. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, criminy. I mean, seriously, dude. There's a lot of whining and crying up there in San Francisco, man. I mean, <laughs> holy cow. I mean, like, you know, I, every time I start talking to 49ers, I either need a bib or a banky. I'm sitting there, I gotta, I mean, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm breaking up. Come on, Niner. You know, Sills. You know we would have won. Do you hear Debo? Do you hear Kyle? I heard them all crying. I think it's wonderful. I heard what Brandy Graham was saying about that shit, too. I like watching people shit and cry like that. We do what? I was like, okay. Kyle Shanahan reminds me of a coach that sits in a high chair and his little feet swing is his brim hat. He wears a flat brim well, too. I will say that. Okay, he wears a flat brim well, but he's one of them coaches that sit in a high chair. His feet don't hit the thing there, you know. They don't. They don't really hit, you know. He's got his little like kidney beans here and his mac and cheese, in his like applesauce. Then he starts crying about the Eagles. <laughs> he's got a sippy cup too. Hey, you understand that's what they serve at that place in Santa Clara. They serve sippy cups, right? They got a little sippy cup. It's got a little 49ers on it. We are the Niners. 
get to drink your like your your Chardonnay and shit out of your sippy cup. Yeah, you got Lunchables, right? <laughs> Guy brings a tray. I told you this about eating at, at, at Niner games. If a dude comes with a towel over his arm and asks me if I want wine or white wine spritzer, I'd, I'd be like, I want a beer and a hot dog, Guy. If not, get out of here. <laughs> guy goes, no, 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 you want Chardonnay. Not Chardonnay at a football game? Guy, you got the wrong dog. <laughs> You got the wrong, I want a hot dog with everything on it. No onions. And I want it smeared. Now, just to be clear, I want it smeared. (laughs) Uh, The San Francisco 40 Winers. That's the new name, Xander. The San Francisco 40 Winers. Whining about everything. Debo Samuel, your coach, your GM. You know, why don't you bitch about the fact that Solomon Thomas sucked as a draft choice? That might help. And that your best quarterback has been Colin Kaepernick since you fired everybody and got almost everybody else killed. (laughs) Yeah, it's lolly. Hey, they got a great promotion this year when they're playing the Rams. It's called Sucker Night. It's lollipop night. They pass out lollipops. <laughs> All right. I'll do Hey, let me go. Sorry. Hey, Niner. That's my new material for you guys. Okay. Cabernet. Shit. Drinking wine. Now, Big Seals will drink a cake bread Merlot every now and then. Okay. I will. I'm, I'm all right with cake bread Merlot. See, that's the shit the Krauses drink, though, because, you know, Big Seals is like you, man. I'm a blue-collar dude. You know, I don't eat all that fancy food, those little wiener things, and I'm more of a, like, a brats guy and a beer kind of guy, and those guys drink on eat down at the shore. (laughs) All right, power hour coming up. My four... Most underrated Eagles. Also, um, got some got some college news too, man. Got some college news here. I think you'd be interested in too as well. Some more NFL news. Power Hour coming up. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 
58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, I fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. And then I come across one of the greatest stats of all time for Barry Bonds. And there's every, every day you just come across one of these. Here, here's one that he had in 2004. I know this is offbeat a little bit here, but this just shows you how great this guy was. In 2004, he had 373 at bats. He reached base safely 376 times. He was on base every time he came to the plate. This guy's a freakazoid, man. God, please bring steroids back to baseball so you can make it interesting again. Thank you. Please bring them back. Gives a shit about anything else. I care about being entertained. Since when do owners or teams care about players' health? Give me a break. Please bring steroids back to the game. Oh my God. Oh, and, and 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 one more, one more like real quick note on baseball. I know we kind of don't care because it's almost an irrelevant sport unless it's a local deal. In Philly, it's a local deal. But David Freeze doesn't want to be in the Cardinal Hall of Fame because of some lame ass reason. Fans voted him. And you know, I wanted. Does the guy deserve to do? Shut up! Are you kidding me? The hell! Are you, what a wacko! Are you, you're 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 a wacko. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I really love the Cardinal fans, and it's really I pontificated on. I'm like, 
Dude, you're right. You don't belong in the Hall of Fame because you're a weirdo. You're just a weirdo. I don't want to be in your Cardinal Hall of Fame. <laughs> Jesus criminy, man. All right. Before I get into my Eagles, the most underrated Eagles here, please hit the like button here. Um, DeAndre Hopkins just came out with a comment. I wonder what you make of this. Whatever wide receiver room is out there, I'll make your life easier. Well, DeAndre Hopkins in the slot for the Eagles. Wow. Wow. Hey, I told you he wasn't getting $20 million. Remember some of you idiots were in here telling me? Xander, I had idiots in here telling me that DeAndre Hopkins was going to get a $23 million deal. Eh, that ain't happening. On uh, June 20th, you ain't getting that money. Teams already got their caps fixed. Most teams don't have money to spend like that. His money's going to be made in the offseason. Okay? His money's not his his money's not made in the offseason. It's going to be made in the offseason. Drop him down in that slot there. Put him in there. Or put Devontae in that slot. Put him out wide. Devontae had the whole entire middle of the field open. So the guys that would spread the room out, spread your defense out, would be A.J. Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, and then you'd have Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard running around middle of the field. Jalen Hurts would throw for 5,000 yards if he did that. That would beat the Chiefs. I got a couple moves here that will beat the Chiefs. See, I'm a helper here, guys. I'm trying to help you beat the Chiefs. Okay? Hopkins said, I'll help, and I'll make any wide receiver room right now a lot easier. My hand's up. My hand's up. You think DeAndre Hopkins is going to win ball games in New England? How far do you think he's going in New England? He'll be lucky to make the playoffs. How far do you think he's going with the Titans? You'll be lucky to be 500. You're 30 years old now, guy. You're on the fringe for being considered for a Hall of Fame kind of guy. Win a Super Bowl. Go to Kansas City or go to Philadelphia. Go to Buffalo. That's a good fit. It'd be a good fit. The Jets be a spectacular fit. 49ers be a really good fit. Ayuk, Hop, Debo, and Kittle. Yeah, that's pretty big. That's pretty big. You're not getting paid. Quan says he's going to. You're not getting paid. The Eagles have $13 million in cap space now. Okay. 
You know why Howie's got $13 million? Because as training camp starts, he's going to start scouring the rosters like he did for Gardner Johnson, looking for linebackers and safeties. That's going to be a priority. Howie's going to look at safeties and linebackers because, quite frankly, your inexperience in safety and your linebackers, I don't even know if you have enough to go to camp. Who are your linebackers? Outside of N'Kobe Deem and that stiff you got from Chicago, who you didn't give a cent to in signing bonus money. That just tells you what they think of him. That kid Morrow got not one cent. And, and hey, I, I know people are like, oh, you know, Skip Burton, this kid Morrow might be good. And I'm like, they didn't give him one cent on a signing bonus. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't believe they think a lot of them. That's just big sills. Okay? So Hopkins comes in and gets... Th- 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 this, would, this would be... If I'm his agent, I'm not saying he's going to sign in Philly. Would I want him? I wouldn't think twice not, not having him. If I could make that work, there's not enough footballs to go around. Wrong way to look at things. How many times do you hear that from, like, talk show host? There's just not enough footballs to go around. You look at everything through a dumbass way of looking through it. No. There's not enough players on the opposing team to cover you. That's how you should be looking at it. You would line up against every single football team you played against, and there would not be enough players on the other side of the field to cover all your stars. So if Dallas Goddard got three catches or Devontae got two or AJ got one, it's not important about the volume of catches. It's not being able to single. You couldn't double anyone. Do you know if you have DeAndre Hopkins in your offense, you can't double anyone? Well, he doesn't fit. Well, make it fit. You hear that one too. Well, he just doesn't fit the... Make it fit. Make it fit. It's called being a coach. He's a patriot. For what reason? Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones? Okay. What, because of the coordinator up there? Maybe. Oh, how that? So wait a minute. You think he's going to New England because Bill O'Brien, who traded him away to Arizona? You think that's a good relationship? <laughs> oh, have you checked with D-Hop on that one? Now, he did visit. So probably it was the McNairs that wanted him out. That's the way I would read that, too. It's not O'Brien who wanted him out. It was probably the McNairs, the owners of the team, that wanted him out. And the, Okay. Hey, hey, look at Quan now, man. He's like a fortune teller. Hey, do me a favor, Quan. Why don't you come up with some Powerball numbers next? Hey, Don. <laughs> Why don't you come up with some Powerball numbers? This is what big sales will say. <laughs> never. <laughs> Xander knows that. that would... See, the word never gets you guys all going. It's all good. All right.
So here's the other move that would help you. I got you too, Quan. Quan, it's all good, brother. See, this is why we work here. This is, who would have ever thought every single person that watches my show now, and everyone at the NovaCare Center does too, because I'm told daily, hey, I know Nick watches it too. Who would have thought that Big Sills would fit in mostly with the Philly guys? Probably I should have I should have thought this years ago. I, I should have. There's, a, there's only there's only really very few cities that have a bunch of a-holes in it that I'm an a-hole too. <laughs> and I wear that proudly. <laughs> uh, okay. Here, here we go here. <clears throat> I hope the Philadelphia Eagles bring in for a workout Matt Arizzo. Man, the kicker you have now, the punter you have now sucks. This guy's a game changer. <clears throat> One play, this guy could change field position, especially when you have a defense right now that you're not quite sure on. I'll, t- I'll make this point to you. Matt Arizzo would be more important than Dalvin Cook or D-Hop. Okay? Xander goes, I'd sign him. But listen to my philosophy on why. He'd be more valuable than DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook. Why? Because if your offense has any kind of three and outs early, you're putting an inexperienced defense in positions to fail. You got a punter that could change the room on you and constantly pin the opposing offenses inside the 20 every single time in case there is a three and out. He's a weapon. I saw this guy punt at San Diego State. I watched him actually live, and I voted for him for the All-American team. And after listening to him and his attorney and talking to his attorney and actually having a small conversation with Matt Arizzo myself, because I know the guy, let me say this to you. He's been completely exonerated. He has every right to have an opportunity to jumpstart his career again. You know, and I'll tell you why you're not hearing a lot of things. Where are those piece of shit people when they accuse the lacrosse team and the boys team of raping that girl when everyone came forward and lied and ruined lives? Shut the program down. Those guys were defending champions. I never heard anybody apologize to the families or to those boys after they went publicly and castrated those guys and they did nothing wrong. Nope. See, this is the thing in our country right here. When you make these psychotic accusations, like against my guy, Michael Irvin, who I back 100% because I know he didn't do anything. There's never been criminal charges against Michael Irvin. The Phoenix cops don't even know what Marriott and the NFL network are talking about. They set him up. Matt Ariza is exonerated. But people get afraid because he wasn't, no, he wasn't involved. Social media made him involved. And you know what you would get? The 2% snowflakes that are in Philly going, why would you bring someone like that in? Why wouldn't you? 
anything you say, Russia hoax, will be a lie. Hey, let me just come. Dude, I don't know how people could come up. Well, I do know. I'm a victim of it. People just make bullshit up. Because you know why? You see, jackasses like people like people that are on the internet used to live in their basement and they used to live in their like pajamas and right on their walls in their basements. And they used to just sit in their basements. But now we have social media and you think you're closer to me. I'd be careful, man. Because someday someone's going to jump up and beat your ass. We used to have this thing called space. That's gone. And you could just say whatever you want with no consequences. You could do whatever you want with no consequences. I'm so happy about my boy, Craig Carton. He's signing a seven-figure deal with uh, Fox Sports. He's leaving FAM, which is kind of crazy. He was in prison for for embezzlement okay happy that he did that I'm, i root for him you know he's been on numerous times he's my boy this kid goes to the u i help his kid out i introduced craig to coach cristobal they had a great time down there i set them all up i love the guy and he goes sills your day's coming i go oh no i know it is be out of this hole soon too Absolutely. You know why? Because in the end, most of you are losers that do that shit on the internet. You're losers. You just make shit up. So Matt Arisa should be able to jumpstart his career too. I don't, hey, if Matt Arisa, I have a daughter. If he had done the things that he had done, are you kidding me? I'd want this guy prosecuted to the max. To the max. Nobody should be involved with anything like that. Do you know what the prosecutors told me? He wasn't there. He wasn't there. He's nowhere on any tapes. No one saw him. The prosecutors. This guy's a great player. Would Big Sills let the punt god date his daughter? Yes. 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 Because I make the assessment on people. Others don't. See, it's a great question, Arthur, because at the end of the day, your opinion about another individual has no bearing on how I see you. I don't take what others say about others and make that my opinion. My personal relationship with you and how I see you and how I think of you is between me and you. When you're influenced by others and what they think of you and that influences other people, you're sheep. You're sheep. Hey, you'll never get another show like this in your life because this is what old broadcasting used to be. People speaking truths and how they feel about people. 
Don't ever let someone form an opinion of someone else until you meet the guy. Because then you're a loser. It's, it's a you thing. I've never let anybody go, hey, have you met this guy? This guy's an asshole. Oh, I haven't met him yet. That's not my opinion of him. I don't know him. It's why, why people, like, millions and millions of people have never met Donald Trump, but they have an opinion of him. How could you have an opinion of him? You don't know him. Which is what I heard of him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that tells me all I need to know about you. You let others form your opinion for you. Really? Why would you let someone lead your life like that? Social media has led people like that. They put an opinion out there and it becomes gospel. My daughter too, man. You should see it. It's like water and air. I go, why don't you meet the guy before you make an assessment on him? Dad, don't you know who he is? No. Well, read about him. Oh, because why? Everything on Google is true. Come on, man. So Matt Rizza, would I let him date my daughter? Yeah, because I don't believe those charges are true. I might not let Michael Irvin date my daughter because I know who he is. I, I, I might not let that happen <laughs> because I kind of know who Mike is. And that 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 might be a that might be a little different of an issue, but it's got nothing to do with me not trusting Mike, because I love Michael Irvin. Okay. Absolutely. Here's the rub: when false accusations fly about somebody, I don't jump to conclusion. It's when somebody they call friends defends him. <laughs> okay. Dude, I, I've always had a, a rule. I never in a million years ever form an opinion about somebody with someone else's opinion of them without me meeting them first. It's always worked well for me because sometimes their likes are more in line with me than what that person even says. And it becomes, that's why I don't have a ton of friends because I don't, I don't do that. I don't have a ton of friends. I mean, I, I don't, I, I have, I, I'm, I'm, I'm reconnecting with a friend back in Connecticut who was my childhood friend, but we hadn't talked for about, he watches the show, my friend, Jim, and me and him are reconnecting. Dude, the guy's my boy. We'll always be boys. We had a small disagreement, but it was like a 10 year disagreement. That's kind of who I am, but we're reconnecting. We've been talking a lot lately. Guy took care of me as a kid. Love him. Robert goes, Danny, I'm your friend. Are you? <laughs> Are you? Chris Collinsworth is a schmuck. Well, that means, that means you must not believe in PFF. <laughs> you form opinions every day of players you haven't personally met. Nothing personal. Only with their performance. You see, I form an opinion on their performance. That's such a shitty take. I don't perform a personal opinion on the Kobe Dean's character. I don't have a personal opinion on Jordan Davis's character. I don't have 
an opinion on Jalen Carter's character. I have it on their play. You're damn right. I judge a player by what he does on the field and form my own opinion of it. Yes. I don't form that something that I hadn't seen, like his character behind the scenes. That's what you do. I don't do that. I have, when I heard Brandon Graham talking today, seemed to have great character. People talk highly of him. It was great to hear him. I formed an opinion listening to him. Haven't met him, but I listened to him. He sounded great. But I don't personally know the guy. But it looks like D Gunn, who I, who I respect, has a great relationship with him. Okay? Not sure what you're talking about, dude. I don't form opinions on anybody personally here. Unless you've got character issues. Like the Dodgers. Like the Dodgers. Thank you, Barb. Very nice. Seals, you think the Raider owner is a good guy? Mark Davis? Um, a good guy? I, I know Mark very well. But um, I, I think he's a little in over his um, skis when it comes to running the franchise. I've, you know, personally, I, I know Al personally. I knew him personally. But I don't, I, I don't, I, I, I can't say that I am personal friends with Mark, but I know him and we've talked a lot. I text him every now and then. But um, I would say, you know, my relationship with Mark is not what it was with his dad. His dad and I hung out a lot. I took f- flights with him. I traveled with him. We had numerous dinners. He took my wife and I out to dinner numerous times. So my relationship with Al Davis was sensational. Mark, not so much. Actually, I rarely ever saw Mark when Al was alive. Okay? I'm, 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 I was very close to Al. Martin Mark is loony <laughs> because of his haircut. <laughs> That's what I said. He reminds me of Jerry Jones. Not, you know, Alexander, here's the one thing about Jerry Jones. Jerry and the Jones, look, Stephen Jones has been on our program numerous times. You know this. The Jones family are great people. They're great people. They're great owners. They love their players. They love the Cowboys. They love everything about it, okay? But they just have a way of doing doing things that they think is the right way, and it just hasn't panned out since Jimmy left, and that's 27 years. Jerry and Jimmy had a great business relationship, and the biggest relationship that they ever, that he ever had that was the most successful relationship was the one that he destroyed himself. Well, Jimmy probably too was that relationship. Those two guys go those two guys played college ball at Arkansas together. Those two guys were best friends. They were roommates at Arkansas, Jerry Jones and Jimmy. And for that thing to deteriorate the way it did, not good, man. Although he did call Dan Marino a bad person because I never called Dan Marino a bad person. Okay? I called him a bad teammate. 
absolutely made up. Again, there, there's the JM is a prime example of internet bullshit. Dan Marino's not the I never said Dan Marino's a bad guy. I said he's a bad teammate. He was a bad teammate and couldn't be coached. And only wanted to be coached by Shula. I never said that. I never said that. Anyway, the foremost underrated Eagles. Who would you put on that list? Sure, Jam. Okay. Um, who would you put on that list? As the foremost underrated Philadelphia Eagles. Who would you? Most underrated. Jalen Hurts. Maddox, BG, Dickerson, Milton Williams. Here are my four. I got Devontae Smith. I'm going to tell you why. I saw where they ranked him on the pro football focus, which some of you call the Bible. Okay, that had him ranked very low. Philly 500 has him as one of the top five wide receivers in the league. That's not how they see him. Okay, that's not how they see him. How I see Devontae, and and Xander will know this. I'll say this flat out here. Xander Krause asked me one of the first times when I came on April 27th, for the first time, I went on with the birds guys. And before I go on, he asked me, what'd you make of the draft and Devontae Smith? And I said, he was drafted to the wrong team. He's like, what? I said, yeah, he's a little dude. And who's your quarterback? Nobody knew at the time, but I now know, I know all the, uh, revisionist um, Eagle fans here will go, how did you not know it was hard? Because no, not debating that. Because you didn't have a quarterback at the time. And you didn't have a quarterback. At the, <laughs> it's a bad, look at Fly. You didn't have a quarterback at the time. Nobody knew who he was when you drafted him. Okay? And he's not really big in the Bucky game and the Eagles run the ball. Bad take. Zero quarterback, you draft a wide out, and you're a running team. Bad take? Okay, Fly. Fast forward. Devontae Smith, in my opinion, the influence of A.J. Brown was not A.J. Brown on Devontae Smith. I think the influence of Devontae Smith in his route running and his preparation was an influence on A.J. Brown. I think A.J. Brown got more out of the relationship 
and how to handle and conduct himself. You know, when Jalen, when, when, when Devontae Smith didn't, what was the game that he didn't have a catch? What was the game that he didn't have a catch? Can you imagine if A.J. Brown didn't get a catch in a game last year? Or any of these big-time wideouts like Justin Jefferson had a goose egg in a game? That would have been holy hell on Monday. When they put a mic in front of them, they would have went nuts. He had Was it the Detroit game in the opener that they won, right? Can you imagine Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs not getting a catch in a game. And you're the reigning Heisman trophy. And you're, you're a Heisman winner, a first-rounder, all that accolades. I think what's underrated with this guy is his professionalism. This guy conducts himself in the same light that Jalen Hurts conducts himself. This guy's an ultimate pro. Devontae Smith is the ultimate pro. Whether he has one catch or 14 catches, you're never going to hear this guy have any bitching about anything as long as they win. Man, I really love this guy. I changed my opinion on him because he's played and showed me he could take the hits. His production is showing it. He's averaging 1,000 yards now over two years. Congratulations to you, kid. I thought you were too small. I did. And I didn't think you had a quarterback. It's coming on. Devontae Smith, his professionalism is underrated. And to me, it is, it is one of the things that makes that wide receiver room a great room. His influence on A.J. Brown has been awesome. I don't think at all in any way. Devontae Smith has learned anything from A.J. Brown. I think it's been vice. I think it's been the reverse. I think having A.J. Brown on the team, I think it's a great asset for Jalen. But to me, Devontae Smith, man, is the ultimate pro. Sills was like every everyone else thinking that. I, I did. I thought he was too small, man. I thought he was too frail. 178 pounds. I don't know. Seems small to you. Number three, most underrated Eagles. I got Dallas Goddard here. You know, outside of our show and the national pundits, when you start talking about the best tight ends in the league, it still lands on Kittle, the kid in Baltimore, Kelsey. It still lands on those three guys. We've got her kind of like an outlier. And I don't think he gets enough credit. Because when he was out last year, I thought the offense kind of came back a little bit. I thought the offense kind of rolled back a bit. Dude, he was a security blanket for the kid. He, he blocks well. He was on pace for a grand himself. He's a good football player, dude. And you don't hear him moaning, crying, bitching about catches. Actually, actually I don't hear him say anything. He's just not a baby Gronk. 
kind of I don't hear him saying shit, man. Chris like looks to Chris, dude, when he goes, he catches that pass across the middle and he got that ball in his hands, man, he is a train. He is completely different than Zach Ertz. That dude's looking to run over people and run to the end zone. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of this guy here. I love Dallas Goddard. One of my favorite Eagles. Xander will like this one. I'm trying to get Duke Tobin and trying to trade Landon Dickerson to the Bengals for what was it? For like a first round pick and I think T. Higgins. And I watched him play last year, kind of nicked up a little bit. And I disagree with Chris Collinsworth, the PFF. I don't I, I don't think Isaac Sayamalo is better than him. I think Isaac Sayamalo is a good player. I do. But I think Landon Dickerson is going to be probably at the end of this year, one of the top three offensive guards in the NFL. He is. And I've said this to you before, guys. The Philadelphia Eagles, left side of their old line, they could have stalwarts there for the next 10 years, like Shell and Upshaw with Dickerson and Jordan Milano. Man, you got to make you, 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 you got your left side, your blind side to your quarterback set up for the next decade. So Jesus, very Eagle, very, very Jeffrey Laurie in how he does that. And by the way, Elite guys. And again, here, dude, there's another duo. Left guard, right guard. Or left tackle, left guard. Shit. Is there a better one in the NFL? Left tackle, left guard. I don't know. That's pretty good, man. Quan goes, Shellen Upshaw, dating yourself. No. I'm naming you the best left guard and left tackle in the history of the game. I'm dating myself. I happen to be a historian of the game. Whatever you want to call it, dude. Um, Josh Sweat is number one for me. I said this a year ago about this dude. He wasn't an every down player. And I didn't think he was a three down guy. He is your most complete defensive lineman right now on your roster. He sets the edge well. He's rangy. He's a 2.0 version of the kid down in Carolina, Brian Burns. I think he could grow into being that kind of guy. And I told you this a couple weeks ago. The Rams wanted to give Carolina three ones for that guy. Or two ones for that guy. Two ones. For Brian Burns, Carolina said no. Carolina said no, probably because they were too far out because the Rams don't have a lot of picks in the next couple of years here, so they would have been further out. Carolina said, no, that's all right. So they kept the player. Brian Burns is a great player. And I think Josh Sweat has turned into. And here's another, not first-rounder. What was he, a fourth-rounder? I think he's like, what, fourth-round draft choice? Man, what a good football player. Absolutely has turned himself into a three-down guy. He is your most complete defensive lineman that you have right now. That's your most productive guy. He's a good-looking kid, man. And he's going to continue to grow. 
And if they could get anything and turn that kid Nolan Smith, I'm going to be very curious to see how um, and who the replacement's going to be for Brandon Graham over on the left side. How how who who's going to be that guy? Is it Nolan Smith? Are they going to have kind of like a Michael Parsons with his hand in the dirt, stand him up? How are they going to play him? It's going to be interesting. Fourth, because of knee issues. That's right. Was he a Florida State kid? I think he's an FSU guy, right? Um, really a good-looking player, man. I've been I've been wanting the Eagles to start sweat since 2020. Well, he's a good-looking player. All right. I want to hit a timeout. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles
You know why the MLS blows? And why nobody knows? When, when's their season start or anything? What, what's kind of messy? Um, they signed him, what, Inter-Miami signed him to a 50 to $60 million deal. This guy may make more money than any NFL guy this year. Nobody knows what MLS even means. MLS is a joke. Okay, it, it's it's like the Mountain West Conference in college football compared to the SEC. Okay, nobody watches the MLS. Look at the TV ratings. Nobody cares. Okay, nobody cares. And here's why nobody cares. Our best athlete. Why why is it so that people keep telling me that soccer's a big deal when our American athletes don't? Our greatest American athletes have no interest in it, and we got a bunch of white guys in it. Tell me why we we got a good group this year. Oh, so you're not NC State. You're more like Texas A&M now. <laughs> okay. You'll never be a player in the world of soccer, ever. You'll never be. Until LeBron James, Michael Jordan, and Patrick Mahomes, and T.O., and those guys all play in it. Our American athletes have no interest in it. Okay? Or I should say our greatest athletes have no interest in it. But still, it's the biggest sport in the world. Americans don't give a shit about Europe. Think they care about France? Europe, oh, England? Nobody cares. That's why we don't cover European athletes. Hey, Roger Federer is a really great... Hey, did you see the tennis player that just won the, the French Open... Who cares? Nobody cares. We cover American athletes. We cover America. Like this guy that the San Antonio Spurs are going to draft number one. The reason why basketball is growing worldwide and why you're seeing more European players and more foreign players, Bede, Giannis, look at what the Spurs were when they won those titles. Tony Parker, um, uh, Tony Parker, uh, those guys who led that, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, those guys were all foreign players. Basketball is kind of putting a footprint in the world of uh, the Joker. Soccer. MLS, you need to sign the guy when he's 25, not 35 or 105. It's like a retirement place for old folks in the soccer world. Dude, I don't give a shit. I really don't give a shit about it. But I thought because MLS was making a big deal that he's going to make more money than the highest paid NFL player this year. And I'm like, yeah, no one will go. No, you'll get people going to those games because there's soccer fans in America. There are. Just like there's NASCAR fans. I get it. But nobody even knows when the MLS plays. I don't. I've never seen an MLS game in my life. Nor do I have any intention of watching one. I have no intention. There's, I'll, Hey, I'll watch a Premier League one occasionally. I, I will. I'll watch that occasionally. And I will watch the Chicks US team because they're great. Other than that, <laughs> can't tell you that I'm in. Can't tell you that I'm in, man.
So let me circle back to where we started with this show. Because I'm getting people on my my Twitter page saying that Cilio's bagging on Jordan Davis. No, no, I'm not. I just want you to show us. What's wrong with proving it? Hey, how many people are satisfied with Joel Embiid as a, as a 76er? Are you? Are you satisfied with Joel Embiid and how his attitude is towards being a professional basketball player in your city? Are you are you okay with that? That guy, I mean, with all the talent he has, are you all right with the way he looks at the things and how he looks at the world and how he looks at his position of being the star of your team, knowing full well he'll never deliver a title for you because he just doesn't have it? Nor does he want it, I don't think. I don't, do you when you when you look at Joel and B, do you see the same desire you see in Jalen Hurts or in Bryce Harper? Do you see that burning desire to be the best? Didn't you see after Embiid won the MVP an exhale? <sighs> like his his jobs have been accomplished. The playoffs hadn't even started barely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Barb, check it out. So you had two dudes in your organization trusting the process that they would bring two guys in that don't have the killer instinct. And you allow a guy to go to Miami and take three stiffs. Excuse me. Yeah, three stiffs, a pretty good player, and then Jimmy Butler to the NBA Finals. Think about that. The Heat were a lesser team than the Sixers. But because you had a guy in Miami that was all about winning championships and nothing more, didn't give a shit about the regular season, saves himself for the most important time of the year, cares about winning. Dude, I've said this to you before. I love I love champions, man. You give If you had to win a basketball game, would you rather have Carmelo Anthony or Jimmy Butler? But Carmelo Anthony scored a lot of points. It shows you how much you know. What did he ever do with it? He's like the Kirk Cousins of the NBA. He's the Dak Prescott of the NBA, Carmelo Anthony. He didn't do shit. His greatest accomplishments were off the NBA court. Won an NCAA title and gold medals. What did he do on the NBA floor? Nothing. Nothing. That guy in Miami has led two teams to finals. It's the kind of guy I want. That guy reminds you kind of Jalen Hurts, doesn't he? Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's got a little, or Jalen's got a little Jimmy in him. Okay? That's how I see him. I can't wait. To watch Hertz play this year, to see what 2023 brings. You know, I said this about two weeks ago. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong here. Two weeks ago, this guy performs this year. He'll do more this year for his reputation than anything he's done so far in his early career. Because quite frankly, someone will go like this. Well, silly, are you sold on him? No. I don't know if he can hold up, and I want to see him do it again. Do I think he's got the capability of being a really good player in this league? I surely do. 
That's changed. I think, how about this? He's got the potential to be somebody great. But until we see it in multiple years, that's my definition of great. Having great moments like Nick Foles doesn't make you great, does it? Jalen Hurts has never had a moment like Nick. You think he ever will? Yeah, but he played great in the Super You don't get... You don't get hall passes for losing. Or consolation prizes. It's not a bell curve. You know, we played great in the loss. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're just a hater. Yeah, I know. I know. I get it. Yeah, I know. Buddy cries like, a, you know, it's all good. All right, guys, I appreciate you coming aboard. A lot of fun always, man, each and every single day. I mean, hey, and by the way, Quan, we have a good one, man. Okay, that was a silly analogy. <laughs> and take the rest of the day off, kid. It's all good. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow, 3 to 6. Make sure you have yourself a good one. God bless you, man. Xander, thank you. Big Joe, thank you. And we'll see you on the flip side.